Let's not a ranger. Ranger. Hello, everyone. How are we today? Hello, everyone. Oh. Hello. <laughs> I have decided what, what, what I've picked. What did I've you got pick? Brand, Branding Smite, Aid, and uh, as a level one spell, I've got Command Duel. Ooh, yes. Command. Get someone to duel you. Yes. Bite oh, me. Here we are, everyone. <laughs> the moment of truth. We are going on the heist in Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Last <laughs> week, we last week you guys managed to retrieve the glass beholder eye from the Zentarum, and you then defeated Zobblob and took over his shop, eliminating all of the Xanathar guild operatives that were posted there. Placing it under the control of the City Watch, who have secured it, waiting for the day when you use the Glass Eye to transport yourselves to Xanathar's lair from the portal beneath the store. You, the City Guard, when you placed the shop under their control, estimated that you have about a single 10 day to make your preparations before Xanathar becomes aware that one of the entrances to his hideout has been compromised. And so, we will start on the day right after the fight in Zoblob's knickknack shop, and we will follow through these 10 days of preparation and see what you can manage to unearth before you set foot into the dungeon. So, the first thing we must uh, address is as you wake up the day after the fight in Zoblob's shop, come down into the tap room of the drunken dwarf, Veska and Nim the Nimble Wright are already active, preparing for the day's rush. Not that you're expecting a lot of people as the fierce autumn winds are particularly nasty today, battering at the windows and walls and making the entire house groan under the wind. Veska waits for you all to assemble, and she says, absent-mindedly, Okay, so last night I thought of something. We're planning on heading into Xanathar's lair lifting the Stone of Galore from right, right under his nose, and we're going to have to make sure we prepare for this, right? She waits for you all to nod, and then she says, Problem. Almost everyone knows that we use this place as our base of operations. What's to stop Xanathar from simply sending a spy in, watching us all day, and eavesdropping on our preparation? To this, Nim the Nimble Wright says, Ah, uh, yes, sirs and madams, that is indeed a, a pertinent point that Miss Veska has raised here. I would suggest not leaving any charts and maps in plain view. Fair Ves enough, fair enough, this is a good point. Veska looks around and she says, Now, I'm expecting some resistance to this option, but... She looks over at Narthal and she says, What would you all say to us taking up residence in Narthal's abode for the coming ten days? I like slumber parties! 
greenhouse that I need to convert to my uses, so this is a possibility. Nim, the nimble right says, Ah, yes, uh, spending the time in Master Nathal's abode, yes, uh, that sounds suitable. If the Xanathar Guild did send a spy to uh, spy on you, then I do declare their time will be wasted. <laughs> I love that this guy actually has a personality now. Mm. Amazing. I was going to say, um, how early in the morning is it? Just out of curiosity. About eight o'clock or so. I was going to say, because Bobbit, from the second she woke up that morning yeah, after out. everything happened there, Bobbit has like legitimately packed her things and has already left. Like, isn't even like planning on coming back here. So someone may have to go and find her to tell her what's happening. Sir Lucian, already in his private booth, just raises a tankard of ale and he says, Well, some good, lovely, uh, upscale accommodations instead of continued miserable existence here. I vote yes. <laughs> what do uh, the rest of you think about this? Uh, shit on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Bulb is happy to do so. Bulb is happy to do so. How about Ava? Sorry, what? <laughs> um, relocating. You all come to my house. Yeah, relocating to Narthal's house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as I can make potions there. Oh yeah, you'll be able to. Just in case you know someone comes into the tavern to spy on you, it's good that you have this second location. And yeah. so, yeah, your decision is unanimous. You immediately pack up your necessities that you'll need over the ten days, and of course you can always come back here to get more, and you agree to relocate to Narthal's estate, uh, leaving the tavern in the capable hands of Nim and Lith. I think the game hey, um... you're having Bobber to play with. Again? <laughs> uh, if you could find her. Bobbit, I was going to say, there is, I will, I will say Bobbit has left a note in her room because he's like quite literally packed any tools she might need and her actual bedding stuff in his bucket off. It's like Bobbit's left before everyone else woke up this morning. For several reasons. Building. Yeah, yeah so for several different reasons. Bob, before we leave, yep. uh, gets uh, Leon, Rover, Gary, Stemples, mm -hmm. and Nami. Oh my god. And... <laughs> And Sorry, he, just the name. <laughs> and he uh, tasks them with keeping an eye on the tavern. And um, if Nim points out anybody, they should follow anyone that he thinks is shady. They should follow him and report back to me each night. Um, he then sends Shag and Scooby to... <gasps> Find Shag and Scooby to find um, Bobbit and to relay that we are temporarily moving into Narthal's mansion. And <laughs> Sally and Gareth are to accompany me. They all sort of listen to your orders and then Shag and Scoob just groan and go, Oh man, walk seriously? Leon, Leon perks up and he says, Dude, dude, just inhale the good, exhale the bad. <laughs> and then 
they all disperse and prepare for the individual individual assignments that you have given them. I also tell Leon Rover, Gary Stemples, and Nami that they are not to be noticed by any patrons of the tavern. Just really just blend hammer that in. <laughs> just stay up here, enjoy the sunlight, good vibes only, dude. Got it. Says Leon. <laughs> Says this is gonna be lit as fireworks. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then and then as you prepare to relocate to Narthal's Manor, we will begin the phase of preparation. So we'll start with Bobbit first, and I know Bobbit has a lot packed into this period of oh, yeah. ten days. So Bobbit, would you like to explain how you are accomplishing so much in a period of ten days? Well, Basically, uh, for several reasons, almost all of them involving the nightmare story that was her interactions with Mr. Stick last episode, Bobbit is uh, temporarily well, removing the Eldritch evocation for Agonizing Blast and has replaced it with Aspect of the Moon. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, basically, you no longer need to sleep and can't be forced to sleep by any means. To gain the benefits of a long rest, you can spend all eight hours doing light activities such as reading your book of shadows and keeping what? Basically, Bobbit's been scared so shitless by what happened the day before that he no longer needs to sleep and is going to be spending every waking... Mr. Stick will eat me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's now spending every waking moment working at the uh, Temple of... Ins or the House of Inspiring Hands on several projects and just doubling down on their artificing abilities hence why she's taken a second level in artificer yes so so yeah so Bobbit, oh, i was gonna say pretty much yeah like i said Bobbit basically left first thing in the morning just a small note of where she's gone and just packed everything and his bugged off to the temple and just said to them that you know Bobbit rocks up the temple goes Bobbit's staying here for 10 days Bobbit has 10 days she's using them <laughs> and just immediately gets to work on everything she has planned for during that time. So, the first thing you had planned was to uh, use some infusions on your pistol. Oh. I believe enhance yep. weapon and repeating yep. shot. This requires no roll, simply two long rests. And so, mm -hmm. this is accomplished without any hassle. Your pistol now has a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls and no longer requires mm -hmm. ammunition. Furthermore, you yep. ignore the loading property of it. Mm -hmm. Secondly, Bobbit, you have decided that the time has come to upgrade your defenses, and so you'd like to purchase a breastplate, but we shall leave that for later, as you have something yes. more pressing to spend your money on, and that is the construction yes. of a new gizmo. Would you like to reveal to the party what that is, or would you like to keep it as a surprise? For oh no, we'll keep it as a surprise. We'll uh, reveal it when it's time for everyone to reconvene. But I, well. will, I do definitely have to roll for that, and I'm nervous as shit, yep. even with so, all even the with, bonuses you... Even with all the bonuses I've provided. So go ahead and spend the cash that you require on components, and then go ahead and roll your Tinker Tools check, and you may roll with advantage as you are using, uh, well, first of all, uh, your, first of all, your first one 
is the lesser of the two. So yeah, just go ahead and make your Tinker Tools check and spend the money required to purchase the components required for downsizing. Okay, that's uh, 17 on that roll. That's, that's 14 plus 3, because they're proficiency with Tinker Tools. So I believe you said 16 I needed for that yep, one. Yep, 16. So that you managed to accomplish without much effort. You spend the first few days working on making some tweaks to the flying machine that you acquired from uh, the Temple of mm -hmm. House of Inspiring Hands. It's a little bit of downsizing, perhaps. And... After you have accomplished this, you have most of the original components of the machine left over, which will allow you to get advantage on the next roll you are going to make. And in addition, oh you may use the mechanical beholder parts you found several sessions ago to get yep. uh, required components for half price. So go ahead and spend the money and make a yeah. DC 20 Tinker Tools check with advantage, please. Okay, I'm going to have to spend an inspiration point on that one. Yep, you may roll again with advantage. I shit you not, I just rolled a 2 and a nat 20. Ah, <laughs> you made it! <laughs> oh, so, Bobbit, you spend the majority of the 10 days working on this major project just creating the plans and studying them when you should be sleeping and then during your quote-unquote waking hours just uh devoting yourself utterly to putting this contraption together and finally you step back and admire your handiwork and just imagine the faces on the rest of the the looks on the rest of the party's faces when they finally see it finally your third and final action was that you wish to purchase a breastplate. Right. And so you manage to... You head to the nearest blacksmith you could find just outside of the House of Inspiring Hands, and you find a breastplate that is approximately your size, and you immediately ask to purchase it. The brown-skinned hill dwarf behind the counter simply says, ah, yes, sir. Well, short of a nuclear, nuclear-tinged bullet, that one, <laughs> that'll be, uh, 400 gold pieces, and it's yours, little lass. Hmm. So he's probably looking over and sees a slightly damaged one behind him going, what about that one? The dwarf looks at this slightly damaged one. It's got a big dent in the front and it's covered in scorch marks. And he says, Oh, a bit short of cash, are we? Oh, well, I could let you have this one instead for, look, ten gold less or so. It's still in usable condition, but I mean, surely you don't want to be seen seen wearing this ratty thing around. <laughs> I was going to say, uh... Bobba just sort of readjusts her um, glasses so there's a nice glint to it going, Oh, Bobbit's not too worried about that. She's good with fixing things. The and dwarf. agrees to take that one. So you say ten less? Ten less, yes. Um, oh, fine. I actually do have some gold left over. I mean, not much, it's like but... six gold pieces, but hey, it's worth <laughs> it. The dwarf just smiles, and as he helps you put the breastplate on, he notices the scorch marks on your coat and your clothing and pants underneath the breastplate and he says well look at that it sort of matches a bit doesn't it 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you hand over the money, and then you walk out of the shop with your brand new, slightly damaged breastplate. And now, we shall move on to Ava. Ava, how would you like to prepare? What preparations would you like to conduct for this 10-day period? Oh, my. Um, I would like to buy some supplies. Yes, for your herbalism. I would like you to please make a nature check. Or a survival check, whichever one you would prefer. You're not my real mom. I forgot to take the plates off, off my desk so that I can get to my dice. Dice, easy. Yeah. Mm, that would help. Oh, I'm smart. Professor looks offended. Ah, uh, not Professor. Spock looks offended. Oh, <laughs> poor little He's birdie. Fine. What was I rolling? Uh, uh, you may do a nature or a survival check, depending on... If you wish to purchase supplies, it'll be nature. If you wish to gather them yourself, it'll be survival. Uh, I my survival is very high. All right. So, so yep, so you're uh, gonna I take it. Yep, what'd you roll? Sorry. A seventeen plus seven. Ooh, yep. So twenty-four altogether. So you spend actually a few days taking trips out to the uh, outlying farms outside of Waterdeep, just looking through the fields and the hills and woods and. Gathering any and all ingredients that you can find. And even though it's autumn and the trees are tinged orange, starting to lose their leaves and the grass is starting to wilt, there's a surprising number of usable herbs and plants still are growing that haven't yet wilted away. And so you may do a herbalism check with advantage, and you may also add plus three to the roll. Okay. Oh, I got a nat 20. Nat 20, so nat 20 <laughs> plus three to 23. Okay. You may make five potions of healing, or five basic poisons, or any combination of the two. I'll take all the healing. Five potions of healing it is. And so once you return back to Narthal's Manor with your supplies, you basically lock yourself up in uh, the back portion of the stable that Bulb is converting into a greenhouse and just spend the rest of your time mixing up potions. Potions that will no doubt do the party a lot of good in the, in the dungeon that is to come. We'll move on okay. now to... Um, yep, sorry. So I'm currently holding three, and so, I just made five. Yep, so you've got eight now, so... so. Wait, um... Uh, Bobbit, how, is, how are you looking for potions? Um, I don't believe I have any, actually, at the moment. Okay, uh, Narthal? Uh, two. Two? Bulb? Remy? Uh, Bulb has one. Alright. And Sir Lucian has zero. I'll give two to Sir Lucian. Yep. Two to Bobbit, I'm assuming. Two to Bobbit and one to Bob. That's a good mix. That's a good division. I think that will be Well, now we've all got two each, at least. Yeah, that's two. Yeah, that's probably going to be very useful. 
And so now we move on to Bulb. And what will Bulb be doing for his period of preparation? On day, Bulb will be going around with a collection plate and asking everyone for a small amount of gold so that he may have enough to buy the components for one revivify spell. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, he is asking for up to 154 gold. Okay, I'll just give you that. Ah, well, there you go. You oh. got lucky. Oh, wow. gold. 200 gold. Oh, okay. Wow. Ava just, uh, yeah, hands it over to you. And with yeah. that, you well, would Ava like... didn't have to buy anything. So. Well, that's, yeah, that's true. true. That. So... Okay, well, Bob will then go and purchase a 300 gold piece diamond. Yeah, so you head back to Troll Skull Alley and into into Fala Lelafear's shop. And she <laughs> has la, 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 some la. diamond dust that she's just taken delivery of. And so you purchase 300 gold pieces worth of diamond dust, enough for one revivify spell. However, because of your work with the Emerald Enclave, helping to source some rare components for her, I would like you to please do a charisma check. Just a straight charisma check, please. Okay. If there was the time for you to pass one of these, it would be now. It would be... You didn't. Uh, You've got inspiration. Oh. Yeah, you got inspiration. I do have an inspiration. I'm going to use that because that was a six. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That was a 12. 12, <laughs> which is enough. Hey. Fala smiles at you and graciously offers two bags of diamond dust for your purchase oh. of one. Oh, oh, nice. Nice. Okay. Well, I happily take it and reminder that I'm available for work anytime. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've acquired the diamonds, what would you like to do? Um, I would like to spend a week making a scroll of Revivify. Ooh, yes. So and I can only make one per 10 day, can't I? Yes. So you'll have yep. enough components to cast Revivify. Yep. You'll only be able to make one scroll. And uh, okay. no roll is... Uh, actually, go ahead and make an Arcana check, please. Watch this be a fucking nat one. <laughs> no, uh, Arcana, that is a unnatural 20. Nice. So I'll take that one. <laughs> you spend the rest of your 10-day period uh, encoding the essence of a Revivify spell onto a scroll, hoping it will assist the party and use up one of the bags of diamond dust in the process of creating this scroll, embedding the that essence sense. of the dust into the paper itself. We Ooh. now move to Narthal. Narthal, hey. what do you do during these 10 days of preparation? Well, first things first, um, I'm hassling bold for my jars. <laughs> ah, yes. You... Oh, yeah, <laughs> You... I know where they are, apparently. <laughs> yes, you, you basically just beg Bulb, And sure enough, the day after the day after the events of last session, your Cholton bees arrive at the Emerald Enclave, and you accompany Bulb as he goes and fetches them from Malinar at Falconmere Estate. And so you 
are given one large jar filled oh, with Cholton bees. Excellent. And the jar contains 2d6 bees. Uh, do you want me to do that now or when I actually use when it? When you use You can do it either okay. or. It doesn't bother me. Alright, uh, let's do it now. That is six bees! Six bees, lovely. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> I believe <laughs> now... <laughs> I believe now as a fifth level paladin... You have the Find Steed spell. I do, I do. I spend the next um, few few days because I have to put the shoes on the horse as well. Yes. Um, I uh, get the child- children down to the stables after um, telling them that everyone's going to be living with us for a bit and want to make sure their schoolwork is doing fine. Um, I go, kids, check this out. And I just raise my hands to the sky and just say boogity boogity boo boo for, for <laughs> the kids to make them laugh and <laughs> yes for the children no yes, one else yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> but, um, and all that anyone in the general vicinity hears is just this um majestic <laughs> and uh, out of out of out nowhere of, uh, out, out, of, out of nowhere this majestic horse who is like Say two, maybe, uh, yeah, about one to two. Uh, actually, how tall am I? Ten feet, that's right. Yeah. Two to three, three to nine, yeah, close enough. Uh, two to three feet smaller than me, smaller than me. Um, yes, uh, gl- uh, yeah, it's a fucking massive horse. <laughs> and so, it's a, you it's a beefy boy. You cast your fine steed, and to the great amusement of the children, materializing in the middle of the stable is a spirit that takes the form of an unusually large war horse. And I'll put its stat block up in Milo's Lucky Dice so you may see it. And uh, the horse's colours is um, a mixture of black and blue. Uh, black. Not blue, um, black with uh, white splotches. Lovely. And his name is Boulder. Boulder the which war horse. Is, which, is Nordic, which is Nordic for prince. Ah, and that's appropriate as all hell. Appropriate for Prince Narthal of yeah, the Boulder. Giants. Yeah, Boulder. As in Boulder's Gate, yes. And yeah, actually with, with no U. Start with no U, yes. Boulder. And then you spend a couple of days with the kids' help fixing the fixing the horseshoes of speed to Boulder, increasing his movement speed to 120 feet. Right. Oh, wow. Leaving yourself with a very capable, majestic steed. And now, perhaps you'd like to take your steed out for a test run as you have a few days left. Would you like to head out into town and perhaps question some of your criminal contacts that are known for you, known to you from your work in the city guard and see if you can glean some information about Xanathar's lair? I'll do that instead. When you said go out for a ride, I was going to take the kids on on the um, horse, but yeah, doing that, I, I don't want to take them. <laughs> you sit. I'll let you take them for like one quick run and then just 
like take them back and go, okay, Daddy has to fix things. Yes, we'll do that. You sit aside your your horse, and first you take it just around the north ward, just so the children can enjoy a ride on the horse. Then you deposit them back at the estate, and you spend the next few days chasing up several uh, criminal contacts and seeing what information they can give you. And so, just this once, I will allow you to make your intimidation checks with advantage because of your giant horse. You may yeah. make three intimidation checks, please. Each one with Holy advantage. shit! We'll see how, how much information you can glean. Alright, so this that's is a horse. the first one, that's a 15 and 11, 15. so 15 plus, where's my intimidation at? 26. Yep. Yes, yes, okay, first one's a 26, yep, okay. Right. go ahead and make the other two. Uh, next one is a 17. 17, lovely, and make your third one. Uh, 19. So, first day you take your horse out, you manage to meet a, a human bandit named Odo, a balding, muscle-bound man with a lame leg, who once did a job for the Xanathar Guild. He speaks a bit too openly while you uh, graciously get him drunk at a tavern in the dock ward, and he tells you that when he worked for Xanathar, he constantly went hungry, as although there is a kitchen in Xanathar's lair, staffed by a team of kobold chefs, the food is prepared exclusively for Xanathar, and if the food is not exactly perfect, Xanathar flies into a rage and starts accosting uh, members of the guild, throwing the day-to-day -day running of the base into chaos. Mm. So, I'm assuming he tries the food before well, he going off his nana? You get the impression... You were told by Odo <laughs> that he actually just judges it based on the look of it, and sometimes he went, got upset because the food was a few minutes late. He expects it to be perfect and on time. So that might be a potential avenue of sabotage once you enter the lair. On the second day, when you take your horse out, you meet a half-mad and badly scarred deep gnome named Lupmotten, who lives in an alley shelter. She claims that she was one of Xanathar's most trusted servants before she was chased away by the volatile and paranoid beholder. She tells you uh, that there, she tells you that Xanathar's lair is riddled with secret passages, at least four of them throughout the lair, most of them quite well hidden. And furthermore, Xanathar has a circle of blind dwarven wizards who monitor areas of the lair at all times through uh, through fairly obvious eye stalks that pop out of the roof in portions of the lair. Can I get him to jot these down on the map for me? Yes. Um, what she does is she actually tells you she tells you the names of the rooms where these are and she says 
it was years since she was there, so they may have changed locations, but she describes what these ice orcs look like, so you should be able to quite easily spot them. Furthermore, she tells you that uh, it is only mon the system of surveillance is only monitored by the circle of blind wizards, and so if you were to quickly incapacitate these wizards, you would be able to move around the lair unnoticed. Hmm. On the third day, you were contacted by the human bandit named Odo again, inviting you to the same tavern to get blind drunk once more. And after <laughs> his five after his five flagons and half a bottle of wine down, he provide he reaches into his coat and pulls out a, a ratty looking uh, scrap of parchment and tells you that this is a crude map of Xanathar's lair that he and some fellow ne'er-do-wells uh, managed to draw up about a year ago when they were thinking of breaking into Xanathar's lair and putting the beholder in his place and then promptly realising just how dangerous such a uh, such a thing would be Nonetheless, he gives it to you with hopes that it will serve you well. And here it is in Milo's lucky dice. Ooh. That is amazing. Does that say arena? Yes. Yes. Dead Beholders. Drow Weirdo. That sounds like fun. <laughs> don't. Seeing a lot of don'ts in there. Weirdo Wizard. Or oh, creepy brains. I wonder what that could possibly mean. <laughs> And so, this <laughs> map, as crude as it is, will probably be of more use than Odo knows as you enter Xanathar's lair. And with that, the ten days uh, of preparation um, are oh, hold on, completed, hold on, unless there's anything else you want to do. I did. I wanted to go um, look around town's uh, stables and get some armour for Boulder. Ah, lovely. I would like you to please make uh, a charisma check. A uh, persuasion check, see. please. I was to the blacksmith that takes one look at that horse and just goes, Ah, oh, hell no! It's <laughs> <laughs> a 16 plus 5. 16 plus 5. You spend the last day of the preparation period taking Boulder around Waterdeep to various stables and wild wild and livestock supply stores see if you could find anyone who act who would be prepared to uh, make some barding big enough for him and the first four or five you may just take one look at the horse and say no but the last one you find a rather shy uh, female halfling with freckles and blonde hair says well i'm not one to shy away from a challenge and she asks you what kind of barding you would like her to make for your horse. Ooh, there are kinds? Yes. Yeah, uh, my horse can wear leather, stud leather, ringmail, scale, chain, splint, and plate. Hmm, well, maybe later when I have all my neck, I could try the same for Duncan. Well, that'd be funny. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't want to spend too much, so let's go for some studded leather. Studded leather? She says that she would uh, be able to get this done by the end of the day, and she will require 180 gold for the materials and labour. 
Lovely. So you pay her, and you decide to just wait around and watch her at her work, and she doesn't protest. She lets you watch her, and you just watch as over the course of the day, as the sun begins to set outside, she slowly puts together a large studded leather barding around Boulder's body, putting it together piece by piece until finally, hours later, she takes a step back and asks, Well, what do you think, mister? And you see Boulder standing there, the studded leather barding protecting most of his body from harm. Um, it's coloured uh, black with uh, little white rivets across the surface of the studded leather to match the colour of the horse himself. And while he's wearing this, he will have an AC of 13. Oh, the old father himself would be impressed by this. She smiles and she says, Well, if you have any other needs for Boulder here, uh, feel free to bring him back. He was a pleasure to work with. Much more docile than any horse I've ever met. I'd like to offer some friendship for her. Um, if uh, she her stables ever become full, she can uh, rent a few stalls from my stables at a discounted price. Very well. Mm. Make a persuasion check, please, with advantage. For mm, the boy. Uh, that is a... What's my persuasion at... No, that's performance. That's, uh, Christmas, that's plus five. That is a 16. A 16. Lovely. <laughs> she nods and she says, Oh, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Thank you. Thank you. We run out of room quite a lot here. And so, she immediately rents out a stall in your stables, uh, just in case that she knows she'll be taking delivery of a few horses later later on in the month and so she pays you up front to rent your stables for that period right now and you receive 30 gold pieces oh, damn before we do anything else uh, also during the week bob just spends one or two days Converting uh, the... minor restorationing everyone who was sick with sewer yes. plague because over the period yeah. of the 10 days, uh, Bobbit, Ava, and Bold. Uh, no, not me. Just, uh, just, no, not Bob, Ava, Bulb, and Veska. Yeah, just yeah. Ava, yeah. Bulb, and Veska start to feel... Did I get to, like... Yes, yes you did. You, while I was controlling you, unfortunately. Um, oh. Begin to yeah, feel you. a little bit green behind the gills. <laughs> you start to get really bad stomach pains and seem to spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Not so much with solids, but more with liquids. <laughs> but they come out Oof. of the solids hole. Oh! oh. Well, if it's a I'm going to say, I feel sorry for the maid of that household. So just... <laughs> oh, God! Why? <laughs> so, How did you get on the roof? It's so bulb. Would you like to cast three lesser restorations to uh, relieve the affected party members of their level of exhaustion. Yes, I will do such a thing. Very well. 
and that is without using my charm. That is using my actual spell slots during one of the days. So Lovely. we so all will, still have our charms. So I will ask you to start the next section of today's session down one spell slot. We'll say you casted. We'll say you had time to cast two when the systems when the symptoms manifested, but then. The third person's symptoms came relatively late, so unfortunately you haven't had time to regain that spell slot from the final Lesser Restoration. I will use one of my charms so that I don't have to do that. Ah, very well, very well. <laughs> I will sacrifice one charm so that I don't have to do that. And so, the ten days of preparation are complete, and with some information and some supplies, you think you're about ready finally take on Xanathar's lair and the dangers that await within. But, the night before you were due to enter Xanathar's lair, in the middle of the night, about three in the morning as the autumn winds howl in the darkness outside the, outside the former Grelhund estate, piercing the night silence. I would like all of you to please make perception checks. Oh, I'm actually there. Uh, well, no, Bobbit, yeah, Bobbit, your 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 <clears throat> stuff is your stuff is nearly all done. So this is the final night. So you've returned to the thing. You just haven't showed off everything yet. So you'll do that in the morning. Yep, uh, non-natural 20. Alright, yeah, 14. 14. How did Narthal go with his? 15. 15, and I shall roll Sir Lucian's and Vesca's. So at just after 3am, you were all awoken almost simultaneously. Uh, Bulb, Sir Lucian... And Narthal in the master bedroom that used to be a company. It used to be uh, the sleeping place of Lady Grelhund and uh, Bobbit and Ava in the children's room. You were jerked awake by the sounds of creaking wood, the slow creak of a door downstairs being opened, and then human voices whispering. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remy said they was upstairs on the second floor. All right, shh. Don't make any noise. We're going to gut them in their sleep and then we're going to get out of here. Nice and easy, right? Right? Oh, those poor, poor bastards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You have. It appears that there are intruders in Narthal's estate. You have about one minute before they get upstairs to where you were sleeping, what would you like to do as you were forewarned of their arrival? Was I forewarned of a 19? Yes. I didn't, yep. Everyone yeah. everyone was awoken. Oh, okay. Uh, do I have time to put stuff on? You have time to I start do. putting your stuff on. Oh, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> this is quite literally Sail of Moon bullshit armor. Yeah. You have time to start yeah. putting your stuff on. Bulb but, just throws his robe on. Yeah, Bulb's I fine. Would I, have to roll, <laughs> would I have to roll for that? Um, you can make, you could try a, uh, we'll say a sleight of hand check to see if you could rush to put your armor on faster. 
Alright, that's a 19. 19? Very well, you managed to... <laughs> say, Bob, yeah, Bolt was technically jerked away, but let's face it, she hasn't really slept at all, and this just kind of proves their point to, who needs sleep? Sleep's not yeah. important anymore. As soon as you hear <laughs> the noises, you scramble out of your sleeping bag, rush mm -hmm. to your breastplate, and start putting it on. You won't fully get it on before combat ah. starts, but you will only have to wait, let's be see, instead of the usual... Uh, five minutes required to put on a medium armor. You will only have to wait two rounds to get it on. Well, you guys go and have fun without me. Ava, what would you like to do? Um, they're coming in from outside, yeah? Yes. Can I just fly out the window? You sort of fly out the window, not put your armor on? I, uh... uh what's my AC without my armor? It's uh, 10 um, plus your dex mod. Uh, uh, where's my, sh my... That's right. So it's 14. 14, yep. Yeah. Alright, so you just fly... You As soon as you hear noises, you spread your wings and fly out of the bedroom window. And so you with may... With your sword. With your sword. <laughs> and so you may start the encounter stealth. Nice. I, I would like... Sorry, is everyone done? Sorry. Yep. Uh, uh, what will you like to do, Narthal? Uh, well, first on snap on the armor. Yep. Climb out of uh, your bed, raise your hands, and twirl around, and your armor immediately <laughs> clasps onto your body. Narthal Moon. In the name of the. In the name of the, the All Father, of... I shall punish you. In the name oh, of the God. mighty All Father, <laughs> Sailor Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> oh god meanwhile the guys downstairs are like you hear something I'm gonna just, maybe it was just the wind yeah, it was just the wind I think um, um, so are they outside uh, you, some of them appear to be outside your bedroom making their way upstairs to you they appear to be in the house so they're in the house making their way upstairs to your bedroom Alright, well, I'd like to go for a sneaky sneak as well. I will grab my axe and follow Ava and jump out and, like, head well, to Ava's head around. The you're on, like, the second floor, yeah, man. Ava's, Ava's, yeah, you're on the second floor. But Ava's I'm in ten a different feet. Room. Yeah, I yeah, know. It doesn't matter, you're still throwing yeah, it doesn't matter, you're still falling ten feet. Your, your feet are still oh, going to fall the same <laughs> distance. <laughs> okay, I would like you to make... Um, I would like <laughs> you, please, to make a stealth check, Narthal. What was that? Nothing. Stealth check. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. There's <laughs> a ten foot tall giant just fucking face planting on the front lawn. It's a fourteen. A fourteen. <laughs> you like, like Angus trying to be stealth. Yep. You you Accepting. walk up to the window and you manage to determine that there are at least five of them, but uh. Before you're about to climb out, one of them notices you, and so you quickly duck back into the window and Shit. hide within your bedroom. Meanwhile, Sir Lucian grabs his armor and slowly starts to put it on, and he will be putting his armor on for, at the very least, five rounds. Okay. Um, what time of night is it? About, like, is it... It's just after three in the morning. 
Okay, so gaming, but we wouldn't really get a long rest after this. No, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. It was Damn just spell now. You're going in dry for the, uh, the actual dungeon itself, mate. Mm. So, oh, no. so please go ahead, everyone, That's and roll, roll for initiative. And uh, Narthal gets a surprise round. Because he and Ava, yeah, Ava and Nathal both get surprise rounds. Everyone else must roll for initiative normally. And that is a nineteen for me. Nineteen. For I Nathal. rolled a sixteen, but I'm out for the first two. Yep. Or you, you uh, can choose to. You don't have to put your armor on. You can like have it half on and do other stuff if you need to. Well, what would happen if I only had it like half on? How's you that won't work? get. You won't get your AC. But like, you don't have to. You're t- your rounds aren't automatically, I'm putting my armor on. You choose to take an action to continue putting your armor on. Ah. So how did uh, Bulb and Ava go with their initiative? Bulb got an 11. 11, and how about Ava? I got 14. 14. PCs are 15, and M1 is 8. Very well. Uh, Narthal, you have a surprise round. You may go first. All right, uh, so I know... Uh, hold on, let me get there. So you I know, know that there uh, are at least five. Yep, you know there are three outside your bedroom, and you sus- you know that there are another two somewhere. You suspect they are probably coming up from the uh, opposite uh, opposite side of the house, so you do suspect that these two are there as well. And remember, there is a secret door here that links uh. the kid's bedroom with your own. There's a million dollar question. Yeah, there's a million dollar question. Where are the kids anyway? Ah, uh, in your room with you. They have not been awakened yet. Oh great! I get. To... <laughs> well, great! I get to protect the kids. This ought to be great fun. Thanks. They're not in their own room. Yeah, they are in their own room. We, we are. In, we are. Yeah. We're in their room. Yeah, Bobbit and Abel. We were staying in their room. In the kids' room. All right. So I want to run to here and um, pretty much just boot the door doors in, make making it uh, blow um. Hopefully with enough strength, um, get it, get it to hit that guy. Yep, alright. So you run to the doors. Please make an athletics check. Um, plus, uh, that is a 17. As the thieves creep towards the doorway, they see you up and about. Their mouths go open with a wide, oh, and they start to run for you with their short swords drawn. You slam the doors shut as Thief Guild as Guild Thief 2 runs into them and he's knocked to the floor prone. Alright, and I'll uh, spend the rest of my movement action to get God damn it, you thing. To get in range, then Choppy Chop! Choppy Chop with advantage, because he's prone. Go ahead. Uh it's a 17 and a one! <laughs> 17, right, so, oh that's a hit. 17 plus 5. Okay. Yep, that's a hit. Go ahead and roll for damage. Uh, 2d6 plus 9 with 1d6. Uh, 10 plus 9. 19! 19. 19. <clears throat> Good bit of damage. You smash your axe down into Guild Thief 2 as he lies prone on the door. And Guild Thief 1 looks at Guild Thief 3 and says, I thought he was meant to be sleeping! Oh, you're next, buddy! I'm going for my second attack and go for number one. <laughs> go for number one. Go ahead. Roll to hit. 
That is a 17. That is a hit. Roll for damage. Oh, oh, you break into my house. Oh. Yeah, everything, once they break into your house, everything you do to them is nice and legal. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't invite them, so it works just fine. And that is a okay. 13. That is a 13. Oh, and it's... Guild Thief 1 makes a loud oof as you slam your axe into his stomach, knocking him backwards. It is Ava's surprise round turn. Okay. Um, I'm guessing Guild Thief number 5 is near a window. He sure is. Would you like to fly over to the window and get him? Yup. You fly out around the side of the house... Fly up to the window where Guild Thief 5 is standing, and as he sees you approach with his swords drawn and Aarakocra just in her bedclothes, he begins to laugh, and then his laughter turns Do you actually just... see me? Wouldn't he be facing away? Oh yeah, he's facing away. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he would be laughing if he sees you. But yeah, go ahead. Roll to hit with advantage. As if Ava would wear bedclothes, she practically can't be naked. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and roll for advantage. For attack, you mean? Yep, you may, you may, because he doesn't know you're there, so I'll allow you to roll and hit him. Okay, um, so that is uh, 17 plus 6. That's a That's a hit. Roll for damage. Uh, 1d6 plus 4. So that is 6. 6. He's just sitting there with his back to the window, and suddenly, and suddenly, an unclothed Arakokra swoops through and slashes him with a sword. He falls forwards, screaming in terror. And then he slowly. And then one d four. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, that's one for the psychic damage. Sorry. Yep. And then he climbs to his feet as you go in for your second attack, and you may roll this one normally. I usually get to anyway because of my yeah. skill. Yes. Oh, you mean without advantage? Yeah, without advantage. Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Alright, that is 13 plus 6. That is a hit. Uh, where is my d6? There it is. Oh, that's only 5. 5, not to worry, because you get a third attack. Boop! Hey. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, 15 plus 6, so 21. That's a hit. Roll for damage. Uh, I got a 6. Uh, so 6 plus 4. 6 plus 4, 10. And you stick your sword through the window, gutting him through the back of his neck. Can I throw him out the window with my sword? Just yep. Just like fling it. You just pull him out of the window <laughs> and hurl him onto the estate ground. <laughs> get, a second one. get like the Wilhelm scream as he's going, just the... Ah! Okay, we now go to the normal combat, and Nathal, you get to go again. Yeah, no one makes fun of my bedclothes. <laughs> oh, Nitz, won't you join me in my kitchen? <laughs> uh, I mess oh. him up. While Nathal is taking his turn, I'm getting another alcoholic beverage. Lovely. We at Dungeons and Dagons not advocate binge drinking. This is a special occasion. Hey, I'm not driving, he's so not, I'm all good. He's not yep. binge, yeah. binging. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fine. Having, he's having one. He's having one. He's having one. Go ahead, Narthal, take your turn. 
as a little bit of uh, uh, pain uh, um, action whatnot, um, look at all three three of them and just smile going, all right, whoever gives me the information I want, I'll let them live. They all look oh. at you. They all just look at you, weighing up their options, but saying nothing yet. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay, oh, good. Go. <laughs> oh, good. You... So it's treason, then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, That my... is a fucking nat 20. Well, oh, shit. On no. Guild Thief 2 while he's still prone, or Guild Thief 1? Oh, oh we're going Guild uh, number 1. Alright, go ahead, roll your damage and double it, please. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, asking them nicely isn't going to convince them, fine. <laughs> five plus five. Oh, that's. Yeah, five plus five, that's 20. 20, woohoo! You slam your axe into his stomach and he falls to the ground, struggling to maintain consciousness. He is almost dead. It'd be a real shame if you had an extra attack right about now. Oh, I have two because that was a nat 20. <laughs> yes, so you're going to cleave. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. Look, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cleave this. Cleave everything. <laughs> uh, that is a plus nine. That is a 17. A 17. That is a hit. Roll for damage. Uh... Uh, ten. And as he struggles to climb to his feet, you take a step forward and and bring your axe down into the front of his face. He gurgles as he dies. Alright, so now hey. that's done. Before I take my extra attack, you're going, Okay, you just seen what I did! Alright, <laughs> who was a talk? Okay. Like you to make an intimidation check, please. With disadvantage. Disadvantage? Yes, because these thieves yeah. are not quite ready to give up despite uh, what has happened. As far as they know, the other invasion on the other side of the house is going along smoothly. Well, that is a 12. They look at each... The, the thief who's standing up looks at the one on the ground, and then they both shrug and, be, and continue advancing towards you. Grand guide is. Fuck you. Roll with advantage uh, to hit him. Uh, that is a do, 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 16. A 16? That is not a hit, unfortunately. Oh, motherfucker! Axe blade bounces off his armor. Oh, damn. Oh, okay, oh, it is Bobbit's turn. Um, hmm. Do we wish to keep putting the armor on, or do we actually want to jump into this fight? Just keep the distance. Well, that's kind of my whole thing. So there's only the one guy, only the one guy just there by the stairway, right? Yep. As yeah. far as you can tell. Oh, uh, hell. Bubba I'll just... just <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Bubba will work on fiddling with her armor in just a minute. However, she will pop her head out the door, see the guy in the hallway, and just sort of shrug and go, mm, Bubba was hoping to field test this later, but we can skip and do it now. And from her, well, I'll explain her outfit later because I was planning on doing this when we met up again, not expecting a home invasion, but casually reaches to her belt and retrieves from it a uh, modified version of the pistol she picked up from the uh, 
that little fight we had the day before, just casually points it down the hallway and goes, mm, I wonder how this is going to work with the upgrades, and just fires down the hallway at this guy. Oh, I'm totally lucky. You hear a, I'm you hear a click and a bang as the yeah. pistol yeah. fires. <laughs> this like, yeah, yeah, there's like a, instead of a bullet there, you just see this like small purple burst of light as this thing fires down the hallway. That's a 25 to hit, and just for the yeah. sake of flavoring, not saying it's an actual thing, but as she fires it, Bubba goes like backwards and nearly falls into Blinky and just <laughs> gets up, looks at the gun, looks down the thing and just goes, that's got some zip! <laughs> <laughs> Roll your damage, that is a hit. Uh, stand in. And that is going to be plus five. Uh, 13 points of damage. Ooh. 13 points of damage. Ooh. The, the magical bullet hits Gildney 4 and he struggles to maintain his balance on the top landing of the staircase. And now it is now it is the enemy's turn. Gildney 4 looks at Bobbit and he says, Teach you to fire a bullet at me, you little scamp! And he runs forwards into the room and he makes two short sword attacks with his multi-attack. Oh, now I'm working on, I'm not working on my new AC, I'm just working on a flat 10 plus uh, 3. So, the, so first my AC's... One, the first one is a 13, so that's a hit. Damn it. So you take uh, three points of piercing damage and you must make a DC 12 con save, please. Uh, that's an 18. That's an 18. You take 8 points of poison damage. Rude. He then makes a second short sword attack, and this one is unfortunately just a 10, so you manage to jump out of the way as he swings his sword at you. Hey. Meanwhile, Guild Thief number 2 uses his movement action to climb to his feet... And then he makes two multi-attacks at Narthal. You the bastard. First one is a 19, so Narthal easily deflects it. And the second one is a 22, so unfortunately it hits. Cool. Narthal, you take five points of piercing damage, and you must make a DC 12 con save. That is a 17, so I don't need, need to add the con. Nope. You take five points of poison damage, and you you are immune to po you are resistant to poison damage, so you take three points of poison damage. So altogether, eight points of damage. Guild thief oh, number. going to be a good day. Guild thief number three decides to run into the nearby study, hide behind the wall, and then fire at you with his light crossbow. And that is a 15, so you just bat the bolt out of the way as it flies towards you. Got it. Meanwhile, bad. sneaking in from outside comes the Master Thief. Uh... He sneaks up to Veska and makes a sneak attack on her. With his, makes, a, makes his first multi-attack with his short sword. That is a 17 to hit, so it hits her. She takes God. 10 points of piercing damage, plus an additional 13 points of damage, Ooh. leaving her on oh. 5 hit points. Good he God. Then, he then makes a second short sword attack, which is a 16 oh, to well. hit, hitting her. 
And well, she, she's dead. She takes another 10 points of piercing damage and goes down, passing her first death save. Damn! Master Thief wow. then makes his third short sword attack at Sir at Sir Lucian. Rolling a non-nat 20 and hitting Sir Lucian, who is still struggling to put his armor on. Sir Lucian takes eight points of piercing damage. And then an additional 16 points of damage from the sneak attack, meaning Sir Lucian takes 24 points of damage altogether. Uh, uh, suck. Aren't you supposed to fight the boss near the end of the session? <laughs> yeah, what is this shit? <laughs> See, can, well, can we push? Can we push? He's not later in the session boss. to another day, like <laughs> you will see. I still have to try. <laughs> you will see. I will allow. I will. I'm not going to allow you to just walk into the dungeon with all this damage. That's <laughs> fine. Um, well, that's nice. It is Veska's turn. She passes her second death save, and good, good. now it is Ava's turn again. Oh me. Um. I'm gonna save Bobbit. Alright. She's gonna fly in <laughs> and come up behind Guild Thief 4. He is now flanked, so you may roll with advantage. Good. Oh boy. Alright, uh that is 19. That is a hit, roll your damage. Uh that is five plus uh two. Two? Okay, uh, that is seven points of damage, plus, yep, plus your d4, I believe. The d4 was plus two. Uh, yep. two. Yeah. He's still on his feet. Go ahead and make your second attack. Uh, that is 17. 17, that's a hit. Roll for damage. Uh, that is... Eight. Eight? No. Seven, sorry. Seven. <laughs> you lunge forward, stab him in the back, breaking some of his armor. He falls to his knees and then climbs up, brandishing his sword. He says, I'll get you, giant chicken! Make your third <laughs> attack. Wow. If he doesn't survive this, he's going to die horribly for that one. Uh, that is 18 plus six. So Never mind. <laughs> what? That is a hit. 18 yeah. is a hit. Go ahead, roll for damage. Uh, that is eight. As he curses at you, you lunge forwards and stick the end of your blade into the front of his neck. He coughs I yeet blood, him. and then you <laughs> yeet him behind you and send him tumbling yeah. down the staircase. Yeah, that's what yeah. I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it is Bulb's turn. Okay. Um... Shit. <laughs> Sorry. Pick yeah. Vesker up. Pick Vesker up. You right? No, I think he's just trying to work out what to do. He doesn't want to put spell the thing is, I could raise Vesker, but she's currently at two passes. Yeah, so she's about to stabilize. Well, yeah. I thought she was only at one pass. Well, she, pa no, she when passed she when she went down, and then she had her turn, and she passed the second. <sighs> oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Kick off, boy. I also want to keep my high-level spells for fucking. Oh, don't don't use your high-level spells then. 
Uh, I'm going to use Poison Spray on the Master Thief. He has All to make right. a Constitution save. He's going to make a Constitution save. And he now needs to beat a 15. Well, he rolled a 6, so he failed. <laughs> and now, because I am level 5, that is 2d12s. 2d12? Nice. Go ahead and roll that. God damn! Nice. Oh, roll well, sir. Can I roll oh, that? Was... <laughs> <laughs> that was a 9 and an 8, so that's 17. The master that thing got a whole heap of spray. splutters as your poison sprays over him. <coughs> oh, Remy, did you mention you could do that? <coughs> Uh, I love yeah, the rat. What, um, and then what, I'm going what, what, to... Wait. Wasn't Remy the name of the fucking guy we'd be getting intel from? Yep. Did the bomb blow oh, up on him? Son of a bitch. <laughs> <out. laughs> um... Fuck. Uh... Sorry. I'm not Didn't currently to in combat. Thing. I... am going to leave Veska down at the moment. And run in here behind the door. <laughs> yep. Into what used to be the devil summoning room, but is now Narthal's shrine to the All-Father of the Giants. And... I can't ready an action, can I? Because I only have a bonus action left. Um, well, uh, you can, can, you can ready a reaction. You can ready an action to use as a reaction. Uh, yes, well then, if Veska fails two death saves, I would like to use Healing Word on her. Very well. It is now Sir Lucian's turn. His armor still half on. He's only managed to get the. He's only managed to get the sabatons on, and the rest of the suit is just lying on the floor in front of him. <laughs> he screams and raises his charge blade and rushes forwards. And he nat twenties. He then expends one of the charges on his charging blade, dealing all up. Let's work this out. 21 points of damage to Master Ooh. Thief. Mm. It Damn. is now Narthal's turn. Alright, um... Did I hear that right? The Master Thief is Remy? No, no, no. no. He's working on Remy's orders. Mm. Oh, oh, Remy's oh, information. Oh, yeah, yeah, Remy's information. This is very Also, oh, it's so confusing for me! <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> it sounds like Remy is the bad guy, but Remy is not the bad guy. But, but Remy this, is the bad no. guy. But this Remy, this Remy, Remy first spells his name with a Y instead of an I. Yeah. All right. Remy <laughs> is not the bad guy. Bulb is the good guy. We're yeah. good here. <laughs> Please tell me I heard that. Ah, uh, yes, you like, did. Yeah. Uh, you may do a perception check, actually. All right. Uh, oh, I'm so happy. I have a drink. Plus. Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh. Yes, you did hear the Master Thief, uh, Adam Remy's name in the room behind you. As he fights with Bulb. Okay, um... I just want to know if I can do this before I actually do this. Um, would I be able to attack, presumably kill this, uh, thief, then move to the Master Thief and use my second attack on him? Ah, uh, yes, you may do that. You may separate okay, good, your good, good, two good. attacks with a move. Awesome. So, uh, so you first... do kill him. Yep. So, yeah, assuming I do kill him. So, Grand Feet attack with a plus, oh, plus nine. That is a 17. That's a hit. Roll for damage. 
Five plus five plus five. Fifteen. You swing your axe down, shattering the floorboards underneath him and send him plummeting down to the floor below. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> and then you bear your axe and run into the master bedroom. Oh, oh, oh no, I'll just stop, stop. Yep, stop. What was that stop, about, stop. Remy? The master thief just looks at you and he grips his short sword and dagger mm. ready to defend himself. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I think made a serious error in my judgment here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm going to put a second level Wrathful Smite in this attack. Ooh, okay. nice. Boys, point so, keeps. That is a non-nat 20. Ooh, that's a hit. Well. Okay, so Wrathful Smite is 1d6 at yep. second level. Yep, so what's two that? D- that's 2d6. Alright. So your so damage it's... plus your 2d6. Alright, so that's an 8 plus 5, 13, so that's 13 normal damage, and... Plus 2d6. 9, 9, uh, psychic damage. Yep. You smash your axe at him, and the psychic energy bursts forth from it, hitting him in the chest. He falls to the ground, then looks at you, and screaming, runs out onto the balcony. Ah! And then you hear him slip as he falls over the side. You hear a sickening crack as he lands and snaps his neck on the ground below. Oh, damn. Yep, okay. <laughs> I'll do it. That'll work. Okay, that'll work. Is death that... is death. <laughs> it is now Bobbit's turn. Um. So there's no one else near us at the Not moment. Just, killed me, just, I'll just look at three. But we'll just look at Ava and go, You can go help the others. Bobbit needs to finish putting her stuff on. <laughs> and just gonna turn just fixing gear. I'm surprised the kid did the kid any of the kids wake up when Bobbit fired a bullet out of the fucking room? Yeah, they're awake. They're just not saying anything. They're just sort of sitting in the corner, covering their ears and looking at Bobbit with wonder as they haven't actually seen anything going on outside the room. Uh, also, they're probably used to people breaking into the house and assaulting the owners by now. This is It is now Guild Thief 3's turn. He moves up into the bedroom, and then he notices that not only is the Master Thief gone, that all of the other Guild Thieves are gone. <laughs> Narthal, oh. make an intimidation check. Please. <laughs> Just that, like, slow head turn. You can almost see his neck creaking as he turns, going, Where do you think you're going? <laughs> uh, okay. Please pass uh, this that, now, because I've set this up beautifully. It's a 17. 17. Oh, he just looks at you, and then he raises his hands, dropping his short sword on the floor, and he says, Oh, it. Uh, you, you know what? Screw the pay! I'm out of here! And then he just turns tail and runs, vaulting out of the window and into the night. I, uh, uh, can I chase after him? Um, yeah, go ahead. Make an athletics check. Oh, see if you follow him, like, literally that, land on top of him. That is a Kraken, aka Nat 20. You see oh, him God. about to vault through the window. You catch up to him and you tackle him to the ground. Uh, that is the end of combat. This is for the bolt. One <laughs> thing, he comes flying off. 
<laughs> he just struggles under your weight. He says, oh, I didn't, didn't want to do it. Oh, they said they was going to pay me lots of money and the job was all simple, like. Oh, yes, and this is, is also this? breaking. <laughs> it's supposed to be simple, rustic. <laughs> this is also for breaking in my house. Headbutt. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Ow, she says. He says, all right, I apologize as I does. It's my, set my apologies. Just, just let me go and I'll tell you anything you want to know. This ain't got nothing to do with me. I ain't paid enough to die here. I've got a new plan. I drag him by his foot over to the balcony and he, uh, grab his foot and hold him over the balcony. Now ah! you're going to tell me everything I want. He just screams. He says, ah, right. So it's like, yeah, there's a guy in our guild, his name's Remy Thurston, like... The rest of you slowly gather around Narthal as, uh... As, as he dangles this thief over the side of the balcony, as he wails and screams for his life. Bulb slowly helps Veska to her feet after she stabilises. Yeah, Remy Thurston, right? Well, look, uh, he was acting all suspicious, uh, first of all. Uh, he gave the crystal from the zoo he was meant to borrow, uh, meant to steal, and the boss said he wasn't meant to come back, like... And, well, he said he was going to keep an eye on Remy, and, well... We saw Remy go into... into... into this tavern in... in uh, this tavern in North Ward, right? The drunken dwarf or something or other... And, uh, well, look, it wouldn't have been suspicious if Remy uh, got in the tavern and just come out. But he comes out and then these two freaky walking plants oh like, follow him God. out. So uh, we oh. got back to base and we got back to the hideout and the boss had him captured, right? And we, we tortured, he was tortured, right? And, and killed. And before he, before he was killed, he said... Uh, he said it was you guys. He'd been giving information over to you guys. Uh, just let me go. I had nothing to do with it. You know what? Aww. I think I will let you go. Let's go for it. Uh, oh, poor choice of words, champ. And the thief, just, <laughs> the thief just falls, screaming, ah! And then with a sickening crack, he lands on top of the body of the master thief. No longer moving. Uh, Watch that last step. It's a doozy. <laughs> I was going to say, you do realize that you can't even get revenge for Remy because he's dead now. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I reckon Bob can find a necromancer. <laughs> and apparently, I was going to say. Yeah. Remember when I said, remember when I said, uh, Bob, that I took note of you sending yep. shrubs yep. after him? <laughs> yep. Yep. I did. Oh, yeah, Bob they, them killed. They, they failed their stealth check. Uh, no. no, they you passed their stealth checks. It's just that Remy was being watched by members of the thieves' guild, and they saw him leave the tavern, and then they saw your shrubs leave the tavern like a minute after uh, him and headed the same direction. Remy, you got yourself killed. <laughs> <laughs> is this uh, this is a really weird form of suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah, meanwhile, Bolitzer walks in the room, and Bolitzer has actually just as a random fun note. Bolitzer actually bought a couple of gotten a new outfit since her old one might have been damaged severely during testing phases of all her new stuff. 
So it's quietly just sitting there with a new breastplate finally fastened on properly. Also has some nice tan pants and still like the dress is gone now. They're actually wearing like tan pants, some something that looks akin to like combat boots. And a very large, or for her anyway, a very large uh, dark green overcoat with a shitload of pockets on it. It's just uh, sitting there going, <laughs> so were there more people or is that, is that it? There were more people. Oh, it just looks down at like tool belt. Well, it's sort of like a holster slash tool belt. Just so it goes, ah, Puppet wanted to test more of her stuff. It's okay, little one. More will come. And so, oh, as you spend the rest of the early morning hours uh, cleaning up the house from that short scuffle, putting on, finishing putting on, on your armor and calming down the children, you may have a short rest, and you get one free hit dice. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and what did the uh, thieves have on them? Uh, they just had their short swords and their armor. The only things of note they had is each carried a vial of basic poison. Oh, there you go, Ava. Nice. Alright, I uh... would like to stack all the short swords into... Um, a little makeshift armory in one of the rooms so we're not overburdened. Yep. yep. Mm. So, Ava, uh, you, I... you obtain five vials of basic poison. Ava. Thank you. And, yes, you may have a short rest with one free hit dice. Any others you spend will be your own. So, how many uh, short swords and, like, so you got and whatnot? You got five short swords, five suits of studded leather armor, Five vials of basic poison, and from the master thief, uh, from the master thief, a suit of a, another suit of studded leather armor, so six all together, uh, an additional short sword, and a dagger. So six short swords, six uh, suits of studded leather armor, a dagger, and five vials of basic poison. That's actually quite funny because that's technically the next step up from the um, leather armor. So if I hadn't have spent the uh, money on the breastplate, I could have just yeah, taken that as a thing. Be ah, well. So I will stick all these in the little makeshift armory I have and um, we'll sell these when we can and split all the loot. Yep. <laughs> so Veska drinks a potion and spends her free hit dice to get back up to full health. So Lucian uses his second wind and the free hit dice and is back up to full health, save for four hit points. How's everyone else doing? Uh, Bobbit used a free hit, uh, hit dice and uh, just missing four. I didn't take any hits. You didn't take any damage, yeah, so you're fine. Okay. I am good. And Bulb, the studded leather armor is AC twelve yeah, yeah. plus Dex mod. If you would like, I would lose. I would lose one Dex. I would yeah, lose one, one AC. Uh, AC. So, yes. literally, the only thing that would be beneficial to me at this point would be, um, uh, where was it? Uh, fuck! I just had it open. Uh, would be half plate. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, dang. And even then, that gives me disadvantage on stealth, and that's not good. <laughs> Unless it's middle <laughs> half plate. Uh, ah, true. And so true, but I can't, that, wear, I, I can't wear metal. Oh yeah, you can't because you're druid. That's right. Yep. Spending the and rest, so... <laughs> spending the rest of the night cleaning up after the short scuffle, as the 
first rays of sunlight appear over the horizon and the autumn wind subsides just a little, you gather your stuff up and prepare for your entry into Xanathar's lair. Well, actually, before we start heading off, Bobbit does have uh, just an idea and a thought for uh, certain people. Mm. Yep. Uh, Bobbit sort of, while we're cleaning up, Bobbit sort of wanders over to Ava at one point and just sort of goes, um, well, okay, well, just like just the group in general, probably best to just address everyone. Bobbit sort of first um, sort of awkwardly shuffles and just sort of goes, um, Bobbit would like to apologize for what happened yesterday. That was that was a bad day. Bobbit learned a lot and a lot of things happened. Things got kind of weird. And so it just shuffles awkwardly. You notice that um, Mr. Stick is no longer like she's no longer holding it constantly. It's now just like in a bandolier style holster on her back. So she doesn't have to carry it mostly because she doesn't want to at the moment. And just it looks like it's but, but the child uh, while she speaks. Oh, okay. I was going to say, but uh, Bobbit sort of like perks up a little going, but Bobbit's learned a lot of fun new things the last couple of days. So um, Bobbit could actually um, help uh, upgrade some of your stuff if you'd like. Oh, really? Like Bobbit sort of looks over to Ava, who's obviously currently hugging her and going, could Bobbit have a look at your swords for a moment? Sure. Well, Bobbit's going to use one of her... Um, Infuse items, which is da, 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 enhanced weapon, which I can infuse a simple <laughs> or martial weapon into a plus one. So, I believe Dale has said that non is it yep, uncommon? Uh, it should be non. Usually, it's only non-magical items if you use infusions on, but I'm allowing common magical items. So, take for example, her like Narvel. Uh, so, like yeah, her, your or, can be. Yeah, or Ava's Moonblade. I'll mm-hmm. allow you to use your infusions on so the I will I was gonna say how many how often can I actually do this infusion you do it uh you could do this infuse you can make an infusion each time you have a long rest and I will count even though you didn't uh, get a long rest I will count this was an overnight sleep so you may use one infusion so I can use one now one per rest yeah ah same okay as, so the same rules as a so, yeah so I'd only be able to do one as of now Yep. Hmm. But you can... Well, I mean, Ava's there. I was going to say, Ava's technically there first. Uh, Nathal will have to wait. Well, that is if Nathal's even paying attention when Bob is saying all this. He's just probably too busy, like, too busy smashing <laughs> the bodies into the dirt or something. <laughs> yeah. So Bobbit will actually infuse... Right, so, yeah, Bobbit will infuse Ava's... Um, well, I can either do sword or... Wait, does she use a bow? She uses a bow, don't she you? She does mostly use a bow. Use a bow. But she, uh, she mostly use the sword, so... Yeah, you mostly use the sword. Fair enough, though. Do you have a choice? Said, would you like... I was going like to say, technically, technically, I could do... Is it one infusion per short rest, or is it one, one of a certain type? So, it's one infusion per rest, so... Okay, so I can't do one of the enhanced weapon, yeah. one of the other one. No, okay, unfortunately, fair you can only enough. do one. So it's up to you, Ava. Would you prefer a plus one bonus on your bow or your sword? Sword, please. Well, Bobbit will look over. Well, Bobbit will take the uh, Moonblade from her. Uh, she goes up to her glasses, which uh, she actually flicks down. They uh, actually has sort of like welding goggles over the top of her regular glasses and just starts like uh, working. Out of, or 
I suppose they're like runes of some sort, just across eldritch runes across the uh, the flat of the blade, and before long, a small symbol appears on the front of the on the side of the sword as she hands it back to you. So you now have a plus one sword, so you get an extra one to your rolls and damage. Thank you. <laughs> but it looks at it and smiles and goes, "Bobby even made sure to put a signature on it." There's a small there is a small symbol on her sword, which looks sort of like the cog, which is the symbol of the um. House of Inspiring Hands, but it also has a what looks like a beholder eye in the middle of it and a small hat on top of the cog. <laughs> like that, that, that's Bubbit's signature symbol. Bubbit has it on all of her stuff, like points to her breastplate, the back you of her coat, even her like that. even her odd backpack as well. Out of character. Hey? I said out of character, you need to send me that. Yeah. Well, I don't have <laughs> yeah. to draw on this, is just literally in my head, but I'll send you the description yeah, if nothing but else. I think Kitty's offering to draw it for you. Oh, I'll take that, absolutely. <laughs> At this also, I just realized I, uh, I should have, I should have, um, increased my proficiency on my attacks, shouldn't I? Oh, yes, because level five, I'm an yeah. does go up. <laughs> so, at this point, after handing your sword back to you, Bobbit stands at the edge of the balcony and she reaches for the backpack behind her and pulls like a little a little loop dangling on a string, like you'd see on the side of a parachute. She pulls it and immediately the top of the backpack opens up and a small little propeller pops out the top like a helicopter blade and Bobbit just lifts off the balcony flies over the railing and slowly comes to a rest <laughs> in the grounds below. And then as she waits for everyone else to finish getting ready for the dungeon crawl, she strolls casually down the path leading to the gates to the street and then looks up into the sky and whistles. And Bobbit, what comes, what comes at your whistle? Alright, you guys looked oh I guess does anyone looking to see if what comes or I would assume I would assume Ava yeah. is at the very least. Okay. You hear what sounds like a slight I was gonna say you hear what sounds like a slightly metallic roar as a god as an eight foot tall clockwork dragon descends into the uh oh, no. herself <laughs> 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 a god an honest to goodness dragon that she built within the span of a week. So it's basically, I was going to say this thing is, what was that? I said, mm-hmm. stop giving me so many things to draw. <laughs> Sorry, like, I, I wanted to make the most of not having to have my character sleep ever again. So I figured this would be a fun use of my time. And uh, to be fair, this all, even with the discount, this took up the, like all of my money. I yeah, have like six gold your, to my name all now. Of money. So it's just this massive, like eight foot tall. Well, it's a, it's a medium sized construct, but it's like still manages to be like eight foot tall, fairly decent sized. It's, well, it's meant to be gold, but we'll just say it's like fake gold for the metal fool's gold. So it looks like a gold-plated mechanical dragon just sitting there, and Bob is sort of just sitting there patting it and looking it over. So feel free to come check that out when you get downstairs, of course. As it, I'm already down there. <laughs> as you all gather, as you all gather around, and Bobbit strokes under the dragon's chin and looks up into the sky and lets out a metallic roar as a plume of flame spills forth from its mouth into the clouds. The wind blowing it dangerously close to the trees in Narthal's yard. 
And then you notice, emblazoned on the front of the dragon, taking up most of its torso, is Bobbit's signature. The cog with mm. eye stalks and hat, glistening mm. in the early morning sunlight. There's also a small nameplate on there, much like uh, she did for Duncan. She has named this one. So Bobbit sort of turns and Pratt, like, looks at everyone. She, like, looks at this point, like despite not really sleeping for like 10 days, slightly wired because she's absolutely giddy with this and just goes, I'll be Baba would like Sorry. Yep. Yep. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Baba would like to introduce everyone to Bobbit's new best man, new also best friend, Keeper. That's K-E-E-P-E-R, which stands for Cogs Enhanced with Engulfing Pyrotechnics and Eliminate Riffraff. I love it. I nearly spat out my drink. And then, <laughs> and with that, so yeah, so probably just a, just a fucking dragon. It's fantastic, and I love it. And oh as you all Lord. gather around and laugh as Bobbit introduces the name of the dragon, we fade out to the main event. We're gonna die. I'll just change yeah. the music to something more appropriate. You make your way back to the old Zoblob shop. The city guard have started some progress on repairing the front to certainly prevent this from falling back into Xanathar's hands. They did receive an order from the Lords of Waterdeep to begin repairing the damage to the storefront, just so there's no longer an eyesore on the side of the street. Narthal thanks them for their service. They salute him, and then you descend down the trap door into the chamber with the small eye-shaped hole in the wall. Then, you insert the glass eye. You hear a loud, metallic click as the altar begins to sink down into the stone floor until it is flush with the floor tiles. Then... The floor tiles themselves begin to slide apart with a loud stone scraping filling the air, revealing a spiral staircase that leads down into the darkness. You make your way down. The walls of this narrow, spiraling staircase are carved with open eyes that glow with a faint magical light and as you descend into the darkness you have no need for light as the further you go the brighter the eyes carved into the stone wall begin to glow until eventually the narrow staircase is illuminated by a dim blue glow emanating from the eyes you reach the bottom of the staircase, and in front of you lies a circular stone door with an iron ring used to slide it open. The map of the dungeon is on screen, and you are here. You have only one way to go. Would you like to... Who would like to do the honours of opening the stone door and leading the party into the dungeon. Bob is at the back of the party because he does not like going underground. No, he does not. 
<laughs> so, did you say there's light in here? There is light. At least there appears to be light in this very oh. in this specific room, emanating from the uh, numerous eyes that are carved into the wall. Mm. Fair enough. I, I would like this. Um, Bobbit uh, will probably be behind the likes of Sir Lucid and Narthal, but Bobbit does have Blinky close on hand just to get his take on this place, because obviously being you know a part of Zen or a spawn of Zenithor, he'd know a little bit about this place. Blinky Nothing else. just hovers behind you, his eye stalks nervously twitching as they look around for any sign of his quote-unquote father. I was going to say, Bobbit does look at him and just goes, mm, so, look, if we have to run into Xanathar, Bobbit does want you to hide, because Bobbit imagines he wouldn't be happy to see us again. With this, Blinky just nods and presses closer to Bobbit's shoulder. Narthal, you grab the iron ring on the door, and you find this door oddly heavy. Please make an athletics check to open it. Uh, wait for him to, to look at my lovely artwork. Well, it's better than... I was thinking more like... I was, that's actually an awesome start. I was kind of thinking more like the eye in like the middle of the cog, but that works as well. <laughs> uh, uh, Either way, it looks... It's, it's good. So he likes. Keep, keep going with Dungeon, though. Very well, uh, Narthal. So what was it? Athletics? Yep. To push the door right, open, so and I'm just re-uploading the crude map you have. So, yep, sixteen plus seven. With a so grunt of easy, e easy. with a grunt of exertion, Narthal and Sir Lucian stepped forwards, grabbing hold of the stone door and sliding it open, allowing you entrance to Xanathar's lair proper. You step out through the door. And you find yourself in a very strange hallway. The walls are carved with eyes of all shapes and sizes. Many of these eyes have stone eyelids that open and close at regular intervals. What is oh. your passive perception, everyone? Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, bold. Ten. You also... Twelve. Oh, that's yep. wisdom, sorry. Yep. Uh, passive perception was that. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no. no that's. Crap. What's passive perception again? That's just 10, 10 plus your wisdom. 10, plus, 10 plus yeah. your wisdom. Plus uh, proficiency if you're proficient if you're in, in perception. perception. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. My bad. Yeah, 12. Bulb, you, as you step out into this hallway, notice to the south two large double doors made of stone and in front of them descending from the roof a ghostly blue eye stalk currently it is staring down the hallway in your direction it remains that way for about 30 seconds and then rotates facing the doorway you watch 30 seconds later rotates around once again facing the hallway before eventually turning and facing the door. This once you point it out to Narthal you learn is one of 
the surveillance eye stalks monitored by the blind wizards. Okay, so is there any indication that it's seen us? No. You get the impression it seems to be, like, looking down this area, so you're just out of its uh, range. Okay. So, like, a sentry mode type thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, what's, where's the map? Uh... And, oh, yeah, and the, the map is in, um... Oh, no, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. the uh, crude map, sorry. Yeah, um, I've got the crude map, crude map up, up, up now. Yep. Yeah, um... Okay, well, I'll let everyone know that that's one of the security cameras, I guess. Yep. So, if you were to head to the south through the double doors, you'd have about a 30-second window of opportunity to do so. Otherwise, you notice another stone slab serving as a door right ahead of you in the northern end of this hallway. Furthermore, do any of you have a passive perception of 15? Uh, mine's 14. 14, yeah. Unfortunately, although there may be a secret passage in this room, you do not instantly see it, and if you wish to find it, you'll have to spend time actively investigating. Do I want to investigate? I don't think so. Well, we have to deal with the camera first. Like, the camera is here? The camera is... Yeah. Camera is right here. Right here. Okay, would it be able to see... Just remember, if we... It would be able to see there, but not when it's facing this way. So someone would be able to go and check this area for 30 seconds. You'd have only 30 seconds to do it, meaning any investigation check that is done will be at disadvantage. And if you fail, depending on how badly you fail, you may get seen. I don't like those odds. No, so unless we f- we should probably better off of just avoiding those until we can. Well, like, uh, if this crude way to disable the cameras properly. If this crude map is right, the wizards are here. If the crude map is correct, yes, that is where the weird wizards will be. And to get there, we would have to go all the way. Yeah, all the long way through the audience. Through the audience chamber, yes. And then... Unless uh, we can, can manage to locate a secret uh, door in this room. Uh, Does anyone even have, like, a proper investigation skill? I think it's just you. Oh. Oh, dear. So... Options. Obviously, we're on the clock on this one, so we can't stand around all day trying to decide ideas. That's correct. It's up to you what you would like to do. You do have two alternate ed- exits out of this area. Alright. So we either take the other other exits, or we attempt our luck with the... Uh, Seeing if you... Because according to your crude camera. map... According to your crude map, there should be a secret passage in that vicinity because there is a corridor that's drawn leading into the one you're in. So you know that there may be something there, you're just on the clock to find it. I'm just trying to make sure, I'm just trying to work on what's on the map as opposed to where we are. Yeah. 
It also occurs mm. to you as you decide what to do that you have no idea where the Stone of Galore would be hidden. Oh, right. That's a problem. Uh, what does Jordcraft do? Meaning you have no it? choice but to search for it. Mm. Yeah, crud. Okay, so... Do we want Bubba to try and investigate? Just keep in mind, I only have a plus two to investigation. I'd be rolling with disadvantage. You do have inspiration um, points left. Um, I have one. Do can I use Druid Craft to make an instantaneous harmless sensory effect, such as the sound of maybe a rat moving through the tunnel, to see if the um, camera. Will follow what is it. basically a camera uh, will look to turn to look at the sound. You cast Druid Craft and make the sound of footsteps scuffling along the stone floor, and the ice stalk appears to hone in on the sound, peering in this direction until the sound fades away. At which point, the ice stalk returns to its neutral position, just looking right. down the corridor. Okay, well... Are there uh, any loose rocks around? No, well, without moving anything, I can cast Jeweledcraft again up around here. Yes. Uh, so that the eye stalk looks that way. Doesn't that take up any spells? Oh, no, spells it's, a no it's a cantrip. Okay, no, it's a cantrip. So... Yeah. I, I don't want to ask if it will stop the disadvantage roll. Um, but it actually if will. I keep it will that... buy enough time to turn it into a normal roll. Ooh, Do we want to try that? that? Be... That's probably our best chance of finding yeah, anything, otherwise we're so, taking uh... the long way. Okay, yeah. the rest of you wait in the stairwell yeah, just out of view that. of the camera. Oh. And Bulb, Bulb raises his hands and you hear the shuffling of footsteps once again. It takes about five seconds, but eventually the ice stalk hones in on this sound. Staring off to the northwest as Bobbit creeps around, hugging the wall out of view of the out of view of the ice storm, begins to examine the westernmost wall closely. Make an investigation check, please, Bobbit. Oh, 15. 15. That's just enough. About halfway through. You notice that several of the eyes on the westernmost wall around here never open, their eyelids always shut, and then feeling your hand, pressing it against the wall, you notice there is a small square shape flush into the wall, serving as a secret door. You quickly, hey. you quickly make your way back to the rest of the party as the footstep sounds fade away and the ice stalk goes back to staring down the corridor. You tell everyone it's there, and then you all wait, waiting yep. for the ice stalk to turn to the south, facing away from you. And then you all scurry across the corridor, and Narthal, I will ask you to make an athletics check to open the secret door, please. Uh, plus yes. seven, uh, 16. 16. You grab hold of the door using some of the perpetually closed stone ice's leverage and slide it open. And then just as the camera begins to turn around, you duck into the next corridor. 
Excellent. Awesome. So far, so good. Okay. This 20-foot-wide, magically-lit hallway connects various areas of the dungeon together. There is a strange feature in this hallway. Humanoid statues, very lifelike, dot the hall, just just sitting at various intermittent points down the corridor. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. These lifelike humanoid statues are just left at random intervals, mm. and you notice that the majority of them appear to be raising their hands as if it's self-defense. Mm -hmm. their, their mouths mm. open, screaming. Oh, good. And now the joys of metagaming. I know what this is, but I can't say anything. Yay! We turn around and we walk out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We walk the... out of the entire dungeon. 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 And we give up on our <laughs> we give up on our adventuring careers and we go yep. live happy lives as farmers out in the countryside. No, we're <laughs> not tenders. We have. No, I was gonna say we, we like we, we have we have a bar. We could just updo that. We'll just work as bartenders. That's the rest of the campaign. It's just the daily <laughs> lives of us running a bar. As you take I, in... I would like to leave everyone and make my own cheese empire. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as you take in the sight of the strange statues, you see you see a flicker of movement coming from around the corner, and three <laughs> small gazers start hovering uh, hovering down the corridor in your direction. Everyone, please make stealth checks to hide away I from these gazers. Yes, Ava? Um, with Ava's, you know experience out in the wild meeting would, different creatures would she perhaps uh be able to tell what these statues are yes we'll get to that in a moment please make and stealth that... checks everyone to hide behind some of the statues as three gazers begin to make their way down the corridor that's a 21 for me uh none that 20. none that 20. Uh, Ava. 23. 23. Bulb. Bulb jumps out in the middle of the corridor, raises his robe, and flashes the gazers because he rolled a five. <laughs> That's fine. Wow. It's a group yes, pass. It's a group oh, pass. Oh, thank God. All yeah. goes, <laughs> I was going to say, he goes to do that, and you just have someone just comes in, just grabs him, and just throws him over. You, yeah, you... Yeah, Narthal just grabs Bulb by the edge of the cloak as you nope. cram clamber behind some of the statues. The three gazers slowly hover past, using their eye stalks to look in 360 degrees around them. They eventually pass you, move through the secret passage, and into the corridor you just vacated. Now, Yay. as you slowly come out from behind the statues, if Bulb and Ava would like to make nature checks... As Ava requested, you may go ahead. Uh, oh. Uh, what is my nature now that I've got proficiency? It should have gone up by one. Yeah, so that's... Uh, that is a twenty-four. I got 17. These Damn. do indeed appear to not be statues at all, but, as a shiver of fear runs down your spine, petrified adventurers... There are multiple causes. They could have been petrified by a basilisk, by a medusa, or by Xanathar himself. Oh, thank God. Quick question. <laughs> what 
did my vial of basilisk oil do? Did it stop the effects or did it reverse the effect? It reverses, it reverses the effect. Ah, but would okay. you like to? Would you like to waste it on one of these statues, or would you like to save? You it say waste, and that has me worried. Well, no, I mean yeah. like. <laughs> I mean um, like if you use it on one of these statues, you won't have it to use on one of you guys if this yeah, happens. If I, which is entirely likely. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, we could get information though. Yes. If, or... if one of the adventurers knows, God fucking damn it! No, I'll save it until you continue cautiously on. Your eyes staying fixed to the fear, to the fearful yet terrifying statues. And as you make your way further down the corridor, you hear coming from around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, oh a deep gnome in clown garb d is oh no. dancing and cartwheeling. Of course he has a, a deep Sorry. gnome in clown garb is dancing and cartwheeling up and down the hall between the statues. What is going on? Of course he has jesters. Do you want to try to hide from the jester? Or would you like to try to get information out of him. Oh, there's one to do you know Mr. Clowns, no. <laughs> it's just gnomes, just not today. Um, <laughs> do you want to just try and hide from the guy? He, you do note that he does not appear to be armed with anything and he appears to be yeah. basically lost in his own world. He's still a gnome and sounds quite batshit crazy, which means he probably has magic instead. Or he's just hey. a regular gnome. <laughs> well, yeah, hide. Hide, alright. I want to get to these wizards and take out the security systems. Stealth checks yeah. for everyone, please, to hide in amongst the statues once again. <laughs> Bob, once again, jumps out into the... What's your roll this time? An eight. Uh, Nineteen. <laughs> Bob, it just takes one look at the gnome, just instantly gets freaking <laughs> Vietnam, Vietnam flashbacks and just hides behind the nearest statue. And that is a group pass. Hey! Bob is doing his best to get caught. <laughs> you once again clamber for shelter behind the statues as the deep gnome jester cartwheels past. <laughs> and as he gets closer, you hear him muttering under his breath, <laughs> Stupid boulder! See, my jokes aren't funny! Say you're going to obliterate me! Part of that! <laughs> <laughs> he continues cartwheeling oh, past <laughs> until his laughter and vague gibberish rambling recede into the distance. Your signal to come out of uh, hiding. Well, as, at least we know he wasn't completely that, bad. As it seems that I mysteriously get the urge to jump out in front of enemies whenever they come and we need to hide... Would you guys like me to cast Pass Without Trace? That would be awesome. How many can you do it up to? How many can you Each creature I choose within 30 feet of me has a plus Every 10 bonus to dexterity. Everybody hug Bulb right now. I hug Bulb! <laughs> <laughs> hug Bulb as Bulb Pass, uh, pass yeah. Without Trace. 
allowing you to quietly move down the corridor. Quiet, you come, quiet. You come to a door <laughs> to the west. A featureless stone door with no clue on what is on the other side. Would you like to open it? Or would you like to continue oh. on to where your cruise map marks as the wizard's place? There is nothing written there for the crude door. That's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is... Yeah, there is... Nothing. Ugh. It's entirely hmm. up to you. Alright, take it to a vote. What does everyone else want? Uh, part of me wants to know what's in it. But the other part of you wants to get the surveillance system down as soon as possible. Alright, yeah. let's, let, let's, get, let's just, get the surveillance system down first. Yeah, just a quick question. Yep. Were those tokens supposed to be up? Uh, they're, they're, they weren't supposed to be, but it's fine. You're, I'll okay. reveal them. You don't, you don't, you know the name of the monster, but you don't know what the monster actually is, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, ignoring that, the that is where the weird wizards are supposed to it be. It is, yes. Ignoring <laughs> the, ignoring the, uh, featureless door, you continue on, turning east and heading down a narrow hallway, the walls once again marked with glowing eyes. As you step out into a featureless rectangle room containing the following features. Five bald dwarven wizards, their heads covered with purple eye tattoos, sitting around the edge of a glowing purple circle on the floor. It is with a spasm of horror that you notice that not only are their eyes shut, their eyes are sewn shut with thread. Yet they appear to be aware of their surroundings, attuned to the magic circle. Protruding from the ceiling, directly above the circle, is a large bronze bell, similar in shape to the mouth of a tuba. Presumably, this is some sort of alarm system. Finally, you notice, watching over the wizards, Two large mechanical constructions, humanoid in shape, and as you look at them, you notice that each one appears to be piloted by a by a duagar. Except piloted is perhaps not the right word, as these duagar appear to have had their limbs removed and their bodies grafted into the innards of the mechs themselves. Okay, look, okay, okay, before we before we go any further, I'd just like to praise a small personal note of, seriously, what the hell, man? Mm. Uh, um, what is where, this shit? <laughs> whereabouts is the alarm system or the bell? The bell is right in the center of the room with the circle. Mm. And could you describe the bell again, sorry? It is large brass and tuba shaped, protruding from the roof. It's high enough in the it's high enough in the room that it would be quite difficult to touch it accidentally. It appears that it it appears actually. I would like you to make uh, an insight check, please, Bol. Okay. No, that's only that's 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 that's. Uh, that's numbers, 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 insight. I don't have insight, but it is wisdom. That's a eight. <laughs> Based on its shape, oh a large open funnel, like the end of a tuba, 
you presume that its intended way of functioning is for the wizards or someone else to magically send sound up through the tube. Presumably this would alert Xanathar or whoever else is in charge of the alarm system. As such, simply bumping into it or touching it or the sounds of battle would not be enough to immediately cause much alarm. Have the wizards seen us? No. They are too busy attuned. Uh, they are attuned to the circle entirely and utterly. It appears that the two Duagar mechs are the sentries for this room. Uh, here is an idea. Um, let's just say, wild shape into a spider. Uh, would you be able to like produce webbing? Um, I believe. He'd uh, have to well, be a giant have, yeah, spider. Not yeah. a, a normal size spider won't be able to produce enough webbing. Yeah. Well, I have a third level spell that could hurt everybody in this room. But what I'm I'm thinking is we uh, muffle um, some of the tubing. Ah, to cover it it, up. Mm. Yeah, but it also sounds like it has to be an intentional spell to hit the... Yeah, so most likely anything that they would be sending up into it would demolish the webbing. So yeah, I I could wild shape and muffle it, but that could also alert them which would okay, give away yeah. any potential surprise round that we might have. Okay, okay. Otherwise, I do have a third level spell called Erupting Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and as these guys are sitting down, would that technically mean that they're prone? Yes. Well, the thing is that the wizards are non-combatants. They appear to ha- be fully attuned to this circle. And as such, if you attacked them, it would be unlikely that they would even attack back. That's why the Duagar mechs appear to be posted here. Okay, well, um, I could take them out in one go, hence hopefully stopping any spells that they cast to alert the place. But then you'd still have and... to take out the mechs. Yes, but the spell, I believe, with the range, could also hit the mechs and deal Some a, them. De- a hopefully decent amount of damage, because I believe a mech would not be such dexterous. Um, it would be more. You, yeah, you can't tell me. I'm just. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm saying to the group that I believe yeah. they wouldn't be dexterous. They'd be more strength based. So I could have a good chance of doing the full damage to them. And it would make it uh, difficult terrain for them to move to get to us if we stayed in the doorway and funneled them. That being said, we also don't know the capabilities of these mechs. It could be the mechs that cast the spell. Yeah. So How would you like to proceed? I'm just giving out my option. Is there anything we can roll to see what these mechs are capable of? Would Bob be able to like Robert try may, and look into what these? Robert may make an Arcana check. Oh. I was gonna say, will I get anything like? Because you know, obviously, been working on mech stuff for a while or the last uh, week or yeah, so. yeah, you or... may make it with advantage. A. Take eighteen. So it's eighteen plus. Come on, it's gonna be twenty-three. 23. 
Uh, based on the mechs, you'd notice that they appear to be designed for combat almost exclusively. You cannot see any component on their bodies that would cast magic. Rather, you see their weapons, hammer, uh, hammering arms and a large drill. Are these basically just dwarven big daddies? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Sounds like it. Well, fun, fun. I suppose now we have to try and work out. So they're definitely combat, but it's obviously just quietly listening to everyone else going, yeah, definitely, definitely combat only. So the wizards would definitely be the ones that would most likely raise the alarm. Spell. Yeah. If, they, if they are given the chance to unattune from the circle and actually cast the spell to, a, to raise the alarm. Hmm. So are they actually in a trance right now? They appear to be in a trance, yes. So could Bulb assume that maybe they would automatically fail a saving throw? If it was dexterity based? Um, they would definitely be at disadvantage if not fail it automatically. Okay, well, you guys know Bulb's, um, option. Alright, so yeah, we've got here's one which would technically take out most of the things in the room. I don't think we have, unless anyone else comes up with a better idea on how to disable this without being caught, I don't think we have much of a choice in the whole fighting on this one. Yeah. And the best part is, it does not say that I alert anyone with sound. Lovely. So it is. is I'm, I'm glad you registered that shit. <laughs> I was definitely fucking saying that. <laughs> Alright, so go ahead, Bulb, cast your spell. Is that what everyone's going uh, to do? What's, I mean, what's everyone else feel? No one else seems to have a better idea. Well, we still like to value everyone's opinion, so... Well, if that's else? the case, uh, if Nartha would like to stand in front of me... Yep, oh, he already is. Is this how we're standing in... This is okay, how so you're we standing. Can all fit? Yep. Okay, well, I cast Erupting Earth. Uh, everything must make a dexterity saving throw. Yep. And a fountain of churned earth and stone erupts in a 20-foot cube centered on that point. Each creature must make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes 3d12 bludgeoning damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. All of the creatures in the room fail their dex saves. E. Additionally, the ground in that area becomes difficult to rain until cleared. Each five-foot square portion of the area requires at least one minute to clear. So, that is 3d12s. Well, Go ahead, high, roll your sir. damage. Roll high, please, sir. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Uh, that is 28 damage. 28 Oof. damage. Oof. The Those stone... things are wizards. They're, they're squishy as shit. The mm -hmm. stone floor in the room suddenly begins to shake and roil and break apart silently until a large fissure appears in the very middle of it. Silently, all five of the bald wizards tumble down deep into the earth and then the fissure is swallowed up behind them. Oh. Eventually, presumably when the wizards fall, to their death, the purple circle blinks once, a flash of white light, and then slowly fades away until it is nothing more 
then a featureless engraving on the floor. Meanwhile, the two Duergar mechs instantly alert, turn in your direction and begin marching towards you. Please roll initiative. Definitely took uh, damage from that, correct? They sure did. Uh, Twenty-one. Twenty-one for Nartle. I got an eight. Uh, I also rolled a twenty-one. Okay. What's so, your dex, Nartle? Uh, my dex is fifteen plus two. Mine's sixteen plus three. Okay, oh. so Hobbit goes first, and how did Ava go? Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Lovely. Um, as I won't be going first, I'm going to go get another alcoholic beverage. Hey, <laughs> uh, Narthal, you are up first. No, uh, Bob up first. And, no, Bob's oh, Bob first. up first. And while you engage in fights in Xanathar's lair, you must defeat the enemy within a certain number of rounds, or someone may hear the sounds of battle. The limit for this fight is four rounds, as it's 1d6 oh, rounds per battle. Uh, I thought it was 1d6 plus 2. Jeez. Oh yeah, sorry, so it's six rounds. You're welcome. So remember you giving telling me yes, about yes, this when yes. I was six, freaking out about this yeah. the other day. You must defeat these mechs within six rounds to remain undetected. So well, in my case, first, I'm really Robert. glad we got a head start. I was gonna say, what would I have to roll if I say I wanted to take a shot at one of these guys, but only at the actual like is the area the around where the Duogar has forcibly been put into that machine like covered or Ah uh, no, it's uncovered it and you can hit it. The only thing is, you'll have disadvantage on the attack roll. Well, I have to actually hit this thing. I'm feeling slightly lucky, so let's see what we go. So that's a 22 to hit. 22 to hit. That is a hit. You fire your gun. Bang! Hitting the Duogar inside the engine of pain. And you may deal an extra 1d10 damage with your attack. Oh my god, really? Yep. So 2d10 is... plus 5. Yeah, this is actually a feature of the monster. That's... That is ridiculous, and I love that. That was... Oh my god. Holy shit, I rolled a 10 and a 9. So that's 19 oh, plus 5. 24 points of damage. Lovely. So... You wow. Hit, you fire, your bullet hits the Duogar, and you see, you see his torso and head waver and shake in pain and he would open his mouth to scream were it not fused magically shut however as part of hitting the engine of pain the dwarven hammer the duogar hammerer gets a reaction and it may respond by using its multi-attack whenever you hit the duogar so it's going Aww. to fire two hammers at you thrusting its Wait, it arm shoots those things yep it thrusts its arm forward and hurls one of its hammers at you. And as soon as the hammer leaves its hand, a compartment in the arm opens up and another hammer is shoved out to the end of the arm. So that will be a 19 to hit at the first. Uh, of course. <laughs> you can see a bubble going, Oh, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> you take 12 points of bludgeoning damage. I have made a seriously poor mistake here. It then hurls a second hammer at you and rolls a yep. 15. The hammer okay, bounces well, that harmlessly one, that, that off your breastplate. Yes, because my, my new AC now is 18 for all my yes. upgrades. 
It is now Narthal's turn. Alright, which one were you attacking, Bobbit? Uh, mech number one. Number two, I believe. Oh, number two? Yep. Oh, mech one. Mech two. Was nah, it, mech two. It? Mech two. Seriously, right. concerned with how much damage this thing can take, though. Sorry. Yeah, I will go up and smack it, because I think we should all concentrate on one. Yep. I was going to say, now, obviously, the area, just remember, the area is, like, rough terrain at the moment with the, um... Yeah, but he's got enough movement spell. to get there. Oh, yeah. It's only yeah. five feet away. Lovely. Okay, first one is a plus one. That is a 21. A 21, that's a hit. Roll for damage. And are you just attacking the mech in general, or are you also going to go for the Duergar? Yeah, yeah, probably. Alright, so you're going to roll with disadvantage in that case, so roll again. Okay. Uh, That is a non-nat 20. That's a hit. You may add an extra 1d10 to your attack. Fuck yeah, okay, where's my d10? Just have to keep in mind, if it doesn't kill it, then he gets a free shot at us. He does. Okay, that is a... Alright, calculate, hold on. Six plus six plus four. That is a sixteen on the first attack. Yep, and then a D extra D ten from hitting the Duagar. Uh eight well all up eighteen. Eighteen. You slam your axe into the Duagar. He swings back and forth and you hear him groaning in pain. <laughs> he then the mech then lashes out with a multi-attack two hammers. The first one is a nine, and bounces harmlessly off your armor, and the second one is a 22 not nat, and you take 13 points of bludgeoning damage. You may now make your second attack. That's down to 41. Seriously, seriously, how much health do these things have? This is some dribble shit. That is a nat 20. Nat 20, oh, okay. Lord. Roll your damage and double it. Okay, and I'm rolling with the D10. Uh, do I double the extra D10 damage? Uh, no. That's just... Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait, did you roll for disadvantage on that attack? Because you only get the extra D10. Yeah, you only, the get, the extra D, you only get the extra D10 if you hit the Duagar, and that's to roll to it with advantage to hit that. You could just, a nat 20 on the mech itself, you probably won't need the 1d10, so just roll your damage and double. Fair enough. Alright, just checking. Uh, I'm back. Yep. Hi. Oh, it's still alive. Yep. It's still alive, despite being, yeah, it has this... It's got a lot of HP. And that is a 30. That is a 30. You swing your axe and smash it into one of the cogs beneath the mech's arm. It whirs, steps forward, tries to hit you, and then topples over with a loud clang. Duagar mech 1 is destroyed. It is the enemy's turn. Duagar mech 1 moves to the corner of the room, and then it hurls, multi-attack, its first hammer at Ava. And that is... A nat 20 to hit Ava. Ooh, oh, Jesus. Ava, you take 22 points of bludgeoning damage. And then the second hammer, it hurls at Sir Lucian. 
and it rolls an 18. The hammer bounces uselessly off Sir Lucian's shield. Ta-da. It is now Veska's turn. She fires a ray of frost at the mech, hits it, deals five points of damage, and halves its movement speed. And now it is uh, Ava's turn. Oh. Well then. <sighs> I will attack the bastard. Alright, you're gonna go for the mech or you're gonna try your luck with hitting the Duogar? The Duogar mech. Yep, yep, just the mech itself. That way, if you hit it, um, it won't get a reaction to multi attacks. Just go ahead and roll normally. That was a nat one. Nat one, unfortunately, <laughs> oh, you no. miss. Your sword just clangs off its front breastplate. You still have two more attacks, however. I do. Just remember to add those uh, ones to those rolls. <laughs> uh, so that is uh, sixteen plus eight. 16 plus 8, that is a hit. Roll your damage. 6. 6 points of damage, not bad. Roll your d4, it is not immune to psychic damage. 4. 4, 10 points of damage. Okay, go in with your third attack. Uh, that is 18. 18, that's a hit. Roll for damage. Uh, that's 6. The mech whirs as you slice some of its cogs away. It's now Sir Lucian's turn. He runs into the room, raises his sword, and... Nat 20s. Oh, he deals geez. 18 points of damage to the Duogar mech, shattering its control module. It whirs and falls backwards onto the floor. Clearly that one took more damage than the first oh, one did. That one had, that one one had lower HP. Yeah, it only took Julie one noted. round. The time limits are mainly <sighs> to make you tense, not to actually yeah. be in danger of... Well, boo you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> we so... still have plenty of combat encounters yeah, to know. go to be tense about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you enter oh, the dear. remnants of this room, and as you do, Bulb and Ava... You notice, it's easier to notice on this side as it's from the back side, a secret door here, leading into the corridor beyond. Presumably, this was to allow the wizards easy access to and from this room. I'm not going to lie, as much as I really, really want to, I know we don't really have time for looting of the, the mech for their parts, but... Damn it, that's tempting. <laughs> right? Can Bolv try and see if there's any lingering magic in the air to try and see if he can um, tap into the security feeds? You can already tell without even casting a spell that there is no magic. The death of the wizards dispelled all magic in this room as the air of energy that you could feel pressing against you when you first entered the room, is completely gone. 
and the circle okay. lies on the ground in earth. Oh, wow. Okay. So, where to now? Right, only because I'm on a time limit, I want to look in the room that's just labeled, that hasn't got a label on it. Oh, uh, the blank one? Yep. Yeah. This room here. I might pop a potion before we do that, though. That's a good Actually, idea. Yeah, I might do the same thing, too. I probably should. That's, yeah, uh, I feel like going through the... 1d4 plus 8? Yep, 2d4 uh, plus 2 for the, um, for the healing yeah. potions. That works for me. Alright, so you're going to check out this unmarked door here. The secret door. As you leave this room, you see a flicker of movement coming from your right. And... You see it. The thing you the thing you hoped against all hope not to see. You see Xanathar himself floating down oh, between fuck. the statues what towards the? you. Well, we fail. What would you like to do? He's coming oh, from fucked. this direction towards you. He hasn't Holy yet shit. noticed you. We're fucked. You through, the, through the door, through the door, and up into the other corridor that we entered in. So you mean through the secret door? So you mean through this yeah. way? Through here and up there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bail back. Yeah. We. Yeah. 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 Because yep. there is a chance that he noticed that this got destroyed. Yeah. Well, if he hasn't noticed it now, he's definitely going to know in about two seconds, and we don't are want to be in the room when that happens. Are you going to just rush through, or are you going to wait and see whether he's just going to move past, or if he's actually coming to check this? Um, Bob goes here and sticks his head around the corner watching. Yep. Meanwhile, Narthal, please, please make Bob an athletics yeah. check, Narthal, to open the secret door. Ah, uh, certain ones on the grabs the door and wrenches it open, revealing the passage on the other side. And you watch and wait. Uh, Ava and Bulb, please make stealth checks. Uh, and remember- Oh, that's a nat 20! <laughs> oh my god! That's oh, oh, one time you needed it. Fuck, oh, man, I'm so glad you hit that. Remember now. to add plus 10. Yep. Oh, thank god. Oh, yeah. Because it's a concentration yeah, spell and trace. I ha yep. haven't taken damage, damage and didn't use concentration. Exactly. Alright, so that's- And that- Okay, I got well over 20, so... You watch and wait. You hear Xanathar drawing closer, hearing him humming. Mm -hmm. I've got like 20. And Xanathar Maybe. continues. 30? Xanathar mm. continues on, wordlessly making his way past the room in which you are hiding and continuing on down to the south. You all oh. breathe a sigh of relief. Bulb nearly passes out. Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Right. So we are definitely not going down this hallway anymore. <laughs> not <laughs> for the next five. Yeah, not for the next five no. minutes. <laughs> so just going to move on into this next hallway. Um, Very well. I, I guess that's. Yeah. Where well, exactly? Once. 
Bulb sees he passes, he comes yeah, over. I can see the monsters. I know, I'm just <laughs> okay. making them invisible, because... Yeah. Um, you move into the next large corridor, and here you find... X17. This appears to be some sort of promenade. Pillars carved with eyes follow the curvature of the hall, and these eyes seem to track you as you pass by. As you make your way down the hallway, you hear footsteps and voices coming from further down. Uh, you, may make oh, a per- you may make perception checks, please. Uh, that's a 20. That's a 20. Un- unnatural 20. Unnatural. I'm following the way, way of Bob. Hey, guys, over here! Yeah. <laughs> no, Bobbit is is still thinking about the mechs in the last room and just rolled a five. You make your what you hide behind one of the pillars as eventually a particularly mean and ratty looking duagar slowly makes his way down the corridor. He seems to stop at various points, checking the eyes, prodding them with a wooden stick, as if he's conducting an in, as he's as if he's conducting. Uh, some sort of inspection. He reaches you and passes by the pillar behind which you are hiding. You hear him muttering to himself, Why does it always have to be a mergo who makes the... Why does it always have to be a mergo who makes the inspections? Why can't anyone else do it? God damn Kenku and their stupid... Dele- and their stupid... Incompetence at performing inspections. He enters through the double doors and passes on through the north. Uh. Okay. Okay. Fine. Where would you like to? Where would you like to go Uh, from here? What does that Um, say? What something ball? What does that say? Something ball. Yeah, the, the crude map, sorry. Yeah. yeah, in the crude map. Um, See, I can't actually read everything that's on it as well. No. Because <laughs> it's just oh. part of the module. So um, you try your oh. best to make sense of... A-B-I? Yeah, try your best to make sense of the It's supposed to be Zappy or something. Zappy Ball, perhaps? Yeah, Zappy Ball or Zombie Ball. It's not a P. It doesn't look like a P. Zombie Ball? It's like Z-A... Could be nah, zombie ball. Like I don't know. A... Uh, God damn it. So where would you like to go from here? Home? <laughs> yeah, home. Uh, you wish. I know. Let's... Huh. Either arena yeah. or creepy brains. Yeah, arena uh, or creepy, creepy brains or creepy audience. brains sounds like a terrible decision. So according What's to your the... map, this is down. Creepy brains is here. Audience is here, and arena is here. Well, based on where Zenitha was going, that the arena is most likely where Zenitha is heading towards. You mean also the audience, the audience area? Yeah. You mean the audience yeah. area? Yeah. Also yep. leads to boss. Possibly. Yeah. So it's likely yeah. he may have been heading back to his sanctum. Yeah, what, which is... What's the um thing that we're looking for again, called again? It's Stone of Galore. Stone of Galore. Stone of Galore. 
Dickhead could have called it ball instead. He could have. He may not but have known. Keep in mind that there. this map. Keep in mind that this map is apparently a year old. So it's that's true. That's true. Oh could. no! Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep, that makes sense. Oh, dear. Uh, what's Amergo? Uh, um, Amergo um, is the name Nostra? you heard that... Is the name you... Amergo and Noska are the names you heard that Duagar mutter as he walked past. Presumably, oh. they are lieutenants of some description. And according oh. to the crude map, that may be their quarters. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay, so that hallway was just really bad. Yeah, yeah that, that was like the... Mm. That's the main hallway, basically. Okay, then. Oh, dear, dear, dear. So then, who wants to go to the brains? Oh, actually... Do we want to try and get to the dead beholders? Yeah, which well, we are up know. on the oh. next. They're on the next. They're on the next floor down, and apparently you can get there from here. Yeah, that's what I'm. That could be a possibility. I mean, could do. Also, if we look at this map, there is a. There is a staircase, if I'm looking at this properly and it's accurate, that leads up into the audience chamber. Yes. Uh, and also into the lieutenant um, hallway as well. Yes. From the kitchens. Presumably, according to your map, it's referring to this staircase. Which leads to the kitchens. Hmm. If we get to the dead beholders, we could potentially find some useful stuff. Yes. Also, possibly a place to hide, because I doubt anyone would, you know, go to that sort of area frequently. Hmm. So you'd like to move to mm. the staircase that's in this room and head to the next floor, see what you find. Yeah. Again, yes. Yeah. Well, alright. Yeah. Narthal, I would like you to make an athletics check to open the heavy stone door. That is a 19... No, 18, sorry. 18. You slide open the heavy stone door, and you find yourself in a room comprised almost entirely of large square columns, and the roof contains at least two or three surveillance stores. You sigh with relief knowing that you would have been spotted the moment you entered this area had you not dealt with the wizards. Yay! You find a staircase that purports to lead down to the next level, and then stealing yourselves, you head down it. And you end up coming down this staircase here emerging into that is 32 emerging into a 
rather bare stone hallway, featureless save for a ghostly blue ice storm sprouting down from the hallway ceiling. Another surveillance point that you have disabled. There appear to be three doors from here. One to the west, which according to your map leads to the kitchen. One to the north, which according to your map leads to the dead beholders. And one to the south, which according to your map leads to Drow Weirdo. I vote dead beholders and Drow Weirdo. Yeah, that's fair enough. Now, you said this was... what? You said this is just a fairly simple looking hallway? Yep. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even have eyes carved on the walls like the ones downstairs. No? Like the ones upstairs. I was going to say, we have to roll anything to check for any potential traps, because if everything else is overly eccentric, the fact that this looks exceedingly plain could be seen as a worry. So you'd like to be keeping an eye out for traps as you move? Yes. Yes, I would. Very well. Bobbit, please roll an investigation check. Um, let's see, non-nat 20. Your instinct must have been honed to a sharp point because you find directly in front of the door leading to the dead beholders an entire section of floor has been separated and turned into a very large pressure pad presumably to keep anyone other than Xanathar who would just float over it out of this room yeah see plain hallway in you know, an eccentric lair immediately equals traps <laughs> So you may attempt to okay. climb over um, it somehow, or you may make a thieves' tools check to disarm it. How does everyone feel about Bobby attempting to disarm? Well, I've got no other way of getting over it, so... Okay, then. All right, Bobbit, make a thieves' tools check, please. Uh... 18. 18. You insert your thieves' tools under the pressure pad and jiggle them around. You hear a click, and then, on the door in front of you, a spectral vision of a small beholder appears. It opens its mouth, twisting it into a cold smile, and then fires an eye beam, which hits the stone wall next to it turning several of the stone bricks into dust oh. then disappears the trap is disarmed Ooh. well lucky bobbit disintegration ray Nathal please yeah. make an athletics check to open the door I'm going to use the inspiration point on that because that was a 2 alright try again God damn, I'm really glad I, I like, decided to look out for that, because that 16. could have been an issue. Yep. You grab the door that you saw the spectral beholder emerge from and nervously stealing yourself, half expecting to be disintegrated. You slide the door open and step into the room beyond. And you find... I was dead certain if that had hit us, that would have killed us instantly. Because I'm pretty sure if disintegration has a certain threshold. Yep. Yeah, that was a that was a save or die trap. So if disintegration, if it takes your health down to zero, you yep. are gone. 
And there is no reviving because you're dust. Yep. This appears to be a large crypt of some kind. Suspended in floor-to-ceiling crystal cylinders are four dead beholders preserved in embalming fluid. Magical lights illuminate the cylinders from within. Meanwhile, nine shallow alcoves have murals of beholders painted on their walls. Standing in each alcove is a beholder-shaped copper urn atop a marble pedestal. The lid of each urn is moulded with ten eye stalks. The westernmost wall is carved to display a scowling beholder flanked by two hooded wizards. And Bulb and Ava, you both notice that beneath beneath each wizard's cowl, one glaring eye is visible. It's shining as if it's as if it's separate to the statue itself. So these would be the cylinders containing dead beholders. These are the alcoves, and the two wizard statues are along this wall. I was gonna say Bobitz was just like peering at Blinky, who's sort of just chilling in her coat. Just yeah. goes, "Did you know anything about this room?" Blinky simply tells you that sometimes Xanathar comes here to reflect on his mortality, surrounded by the corpses of past Xanathars. Oh, these are all Xanathars. Blinky just nods nervously and then dives back into Bobbit's clothing. You may make an insight check, Bobbit, if you like. Or Bulb may make one. Can we both? Yeah, you may both make one. Uh, I can try. Ooh, I got a 19. Yeah, I got like a 6. I got a 9. Based on what Blinky has revealed to you, and the presence of multiple dead beholders here, you suspect that Xanathar is not a name, but rather a title that is passed from beholder to beholder. Huh. Well, that's fun. And this room is where all of the past Xanathars are interred. Well, he is hoping that Xanathar isn't feeling particularly reflective today. What would you like to do? Um, can I have a look around where the dead beholders are and see if there's any traps? Ah, uh, yes, make an investigate check, please. Uh, is 16 plus... what's investigation? Was that the 222222? Uh, oh, just flat 16. You do not How? notice any obvious traps, however, as you examine the dead beholders floating in embalming fluids, you notice parts of their corpses are puffed out and bulgy as if something has been, plant been implanted inside of them. Are they connected to anything? Nope, they're just floating in crystal tubes. Uh, long... How much time has passed while he's investigating? Uh, not much, only a few minutes. Um, would it be close to ten minutes? Uh, your pass without trace has worn off now, yes. Oh, no, that's an hour. Oh, that's an hour? No, uh, no. Yeah, it's been I about mean, ten um, minutes. Yeah, it's been about ten minutes. Would I be able to cast Detect Magic yes, while he's doing that? Yes, you can, while he's doing that. Because I don't want to do it... 
uh, and cause people to wait. But if yep. we are no, going to be fine. in a room for 10 minutes... I'll just say, Robert would like to inspect the... So there were like the glowing eyes on the wizard Wizards? statue. Yep. Well, that's why I'm doing detect magic. Just oh, okay. They are right. magic. Can I just so, roll a standard armor check, or? Yeah, you could. Oh, uh, you can roll an investigation check to check the statue while Vol casts his <laughs> detect magic. Okay. You okay, kitty? Yeah. Are you okay, kitty? Um, <laughs> just dropping the... things. So, Bulb, you detect several sources of magic from this room. There is magic emanating from the dead beholders. There is magic emanating from each of the urns in the alcoves. And furthermore, there is magic emanating from both of the statues. However, all three fields of magic appear to be of a different type. The, mm. the magic... The magic emanating from the dead Xanathars appears to be necromantic magic, perhaps to preserve their corpses. The alcoves emanate illusion magic, and the wizards emanate conjuration magic. Stay away from the wizards. Uh, would anyone be opposed if I smashed one of the ones and cut up a dead beholder? If you uh, like, I I, um, I wouldn't be opposed to it if we can make sure it's not going to cause a massive alarm. Because if Xanathar is so sentimental about these, yeah, he may uh, he may have them alarmed. Otherwise, go for it. I I actually wanted to ask to do the same as well. So well, looking for uh, any traps. So Bobbit yeah, Arcana but... check. Uh, that's a twenty-three. There does not appear to be any sort of alarm attached to the four dead beholders. Rather, the necromantic magic appears to be purely a way to preserve their corpses. Right. That sounds like an all go for me then. All right, Narthal, roll an attack roll, please. See if you can. Shatter the crystal. That is a non-nat 20. Non-nat 20. You raise your axe and smash! You shatter the crystal. The embalming fluid seeps throughout the room and the dead beholder lands on the stone before you with a loud plop. Suddenly, the bulging part of it begins to move and with a sickening squelch, four gas spores burst out and explode. Fuck! Fuck! There we go. Like everyone to please make Constitution saves. That's a nat twenty for me. Of course it is. (laughs) That's That's a nine. That's a fucking nine. Well, shit. Uh, Inspiration. I'm fucking using inspiration. Your inspiration. Do it. Do it. Yeah, because four of those things will probably kill us. That's a 13. 13, okay. How did Ava go? 18. 18. Okay, Bulb, you are taking uh, 14 points of poison damage. The rest of you are taking 7, and Narthal is taking 4. Was that 14, sorry? Yeah, 14 points of poison damage. And you are now poisoned. The poison condition. Okay, I'm gonna write that in temporary. Should I should have taken yeah. less of restoration? 
I have the lesser restoration charm. I don't have it stocked. You can also get rid of. Oh no, you can get rid of diseases with your healing. Yeah, you can. Can't oh, yes. get rid of poison. But yeah, you are now um, poisoned, Bulb, and make all your attack rolls and skill checks with disadvantage. I am going to immediately use uh, one of my charms. Very well, to restore that. You are now yeah, fine, but you are still down to. 14 HP. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. Yep. Yep. Alright. Can I cut off its eye stalks? Yes, you can. And now that yeah. the okay, gas spores so... have burst out, oh. the dead beholder appears to be inert. Please make a dex check, Narthal. Uh, Bob, it's just Bob, it's just covering Blinky's eye for this. Cause... <laughs> no, don't look, child. <laughs> uh, that's a nineteen. <laughs> you cut off some of its eye stalks. The majority of them just sort of wither away as soon as you cut them off. Evidently, the embalming fluid and the magic wasn't enough to fully restore them. But you do cut off one, and it remains intact. And you could still feel magic emanating from it. Uh, someone wanted to a uh, kind of check checky roof me to see what it is. Go ahead, Bobbit. Make an Arcana check. Bobbit wants money for this few mutilating Blinkies. <laughs> Bobbit would like money for this few mutilating Blinkies family. Payment <laughs> hey, up front. See, I was going to say there, there's silence going on here, but this, yeah. this that wasn't a joke. Well, I mean, maybe Bulb could do it if he wants to. I, sorry, I missed. I was putting Missy out. Would you like sorry. to do an Arcana check on the Beholder Ice Talk that Narthal has managed to cut off the corpse? Yeah, sure, I'll try. That's in that one, so don't worry about that. Yep. No, There's it's, magic in that bitch. It's an ordinary well, 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 look ice. Narthal needs needs to pay into uh, yep. Bobbit. So Bobbit, how much would you well, like well, to well. charge? Look, who's just run out of options. <laughs> Twenty. Twenty. Gold. I'll give you one. Fifteen. I'll give you one. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> I'll give you one. One. <laughs> one. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Mm -hmm. Alright. Hey, what? You can pay, pay for Narthal. You can pay I didn't if you what want. She said. Oh, she said she said pay him. Alright. Ava pays you 20 gold pieces. Make an Arcana check, please, Bobbit. See, this could all have been avoided. The awkwardness could have been avoided if we'd just done this. Now let's see how much I can actually do. Eh, that's an 18. So this is a still intact Beholder Ice Stalk. At any point, uh, Narthal may hold it out in front of him, and he will get one use of a Beholder's Eye Ray ability. And then the Stalk will wither away, the last of its magic having been used up. Neat. Alright, who wants who wants to smash the rest of them? <laughs> Bowl out of the room and keeps an no. eye on the floor. They've all got gas spores in them. Did we learn assume. nothing from the last one? <laughs> there are also the so urns. That's a and no. That's a no to smashing the rest. 
There's yeah, also I'm the... curious about the urns. I, mm, I'm curious about the wizard, but at the same time, conjure. Yeah. Conjuration magic is a concern. Would you like to open one of the urns? I'd like to did we open detect it. Anything? Well, did we detect anything from the urn? Illusion magic. Um, Dale, I would just like to say that Bulb mm. is out here. Yep, Bulb is out of the room. <laughs> Fair enough. He's mm. keeping an Bob eye. Bulb is Bob is going to go check on. Bob is. Yeah. Right. Bob is going to go check with sit with Bulb and Ava because she's not happy with Narthal at the yeah, moment. Yeah. So Lucian's just going to stand in the doorway while Narthal opens one of the golden urns. Not 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 close to it. I'd yeah. like to re reach out with my axe and just knock it down. Not so uh, see, see, no, see if I can open it. I open the lid without knocking okay. it. I'd like you to make a dex check, please. Uh, that's a 19. You carefully lean out your axe, and using the tip of its blade, you latch your axe under the lid of the urn and slowly lift it up. The ur dust in the urn immediately begins to pour out, almost as if on its own, and the cloud of dust settles in front of you, and it coalesces into the vague shape of a full-sized floating beholder for a few seconds. The beholder opens its mouth, smiles, and makes a growling noise. Then it loses cohesion, and the dust falls to the floor, inert. Um, That's it. That's okay. it. Okay. It was a it was a it was a frightening experience, but it appeared to do no harm. Maybe these were the Xanophars that died before the necromatic preservation magic was found. Very likely. Mm. Uh, I would like to do it with another one. I'm testing out a theory. Alright. You wanna just open this one or use the same tactic again with your axe? Same tactic, thank you. Alright, make a dex check. Uh, that is a... Crap, what's my dex again? Uh, that is a 15. Once again, as you pry the urn open, a cloud of dust whooshes forth, and in front of you it coalesces into a slightly smaller beholder that's missing a couple of eye stalks. This beholder opens its mouth, and for a moment its mouth shrinks into a surprised O shape. Then it loses its cohesion, and the dust collapses to the floor. Alright, there goes my theory then. Um, yeah, I'd like to open more. Alright. <laughs> Thank you. Same tactic, same tactic. Go ahead and make a dex check, please. That is a nine you open you open three of them and the same thing happens the dust coalesces into the shape of a beholder the beholder each time looks slightly different to the previous one and they only last for a few seconds before the dust loses shape you may okay. make an, you may make an insight check if you wish can we all do that, or yeah, just you could, him? You could all uh, do it. That if you is like. a fifteen. That's a fifteen. Thirteen. You, 
You suspect that these are, as Volv said, the Xanathars from before the necromantic magic was put in place, and that the momentary glimpse you see upon opening the urns is the shape of the beholder contained within, a way to remember them. But nothing else. Nothing else. The only other thing of note in the room is the two uh, wizard statues. I remind Narthal that the statues were conjuration magic, meaning they bring something in. Or remove something. Yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah, I'd like to go to one of the statues and have a closer look if I can. Okay, you may make an investigation check. Uh, that's a seven. I investigate nothing. You see a statue of a robed wizard. It's made of stone. There doesn't appear to be anything interesting about it, save for its right eye, which is appears to be a gem of some sort, and looks as if it could be either removed or pushed further into the socket. Um, uh, attempt to remove it. All right. I'd like you to make an athletics check as soon as you touch it. It appears to be stuck fast to the statue, so make an athletics check, please. Oh, seven. That's a 19. Narthal removes the gem with a, with a loud click, and the rest of you watch as a beam of purple light is shot out from the empty eye socket. It hits Narthal, and he immediately vanishes. Hey! Bye, everyone! Well... Unbeknownst and, to know, everyone else, we told you. Uh, unbeknownst to everyone else, mm. Narthal, you find yourself standing in a narrow, windowless, featureless room on the other side of the wall, containing nothing other than a human-shaped sarcophagus. Oh, oh, neat. So you're just trapped in there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, well, I'm going to put this out here. <clears throat> the words we told you so are thrown around so often these days. <laughs> it is at this point that... I'm just going to add everyone to the map here. So Ava could go here as she has the highest AC. And then... I guess we've wasted like half an hour here. Wait. I was going to say Ava's AC is higher. I thought Bobbitt's would have been higher. Oh, yeah, higher. Bobbitt. Okay, well, Bobbitt, you could go there then. Ava here. Oh, that was a bad move. Actually, and wait, is mine higher than... Lucian's would still be higher than mine, yeah, wouldn't so, it? But Lucian's already in the room. He's holding the uh, doorway. Yeah. At Fair this deal. point, a few seconds after Narthal disappears, several... Uh, there is a shaking, rumbling sound as the two wizard statues open bisected through the middle and each of them reveals inside a single mummy oh great the mummies groan and then take a step forwards 
towards you. Roll for initiative, please. Thanks, Nothal. That's going to be a 10. You know, even great, he's going to leave now to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got yeah, no idea what could happen. 14. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was doing all this stuff, to move stuff along. I want to find what happens. Yeah, 14 for Ava. Yeah, that's great, Ours except is... now you're trapped in a cubic room and we have to fight. Watch the stream! <laughs> <laughs> how, how, do, um, how do you go for... I'll still get Liam to roll for his initiative, so... Okay. Doesn't matter, he's in a freaking box. Yeah, but he, he might be able to find a way out. We never that is know. A sem- 17. 17. And how did you go for yours, Bulb? I got a 16. 16, okay. So the mummies get to go first. Of course. With their 18. Mummy number two makes its way over to Sir Lucian and. It attacks with its dreadful... It attacks with its rotting fist, first of all. It rolls a 24, and Sir Lucian takes 9 points of bludgeoning damage, plus 10 necrotic damage for 19 damage altogether. He must now make a constitution save, which thankfully he passes... The mummy then uses its dreadful glare on on Sir Lucian. He fails his wisdom save, and he fails it by five, and so he is paralysed until the end of the mummy's next turn. Excellent. There goes mummy, both of them. There goes their entire front line, then. Mummy number one sneaks into the doorway and attacks... Hey, I'm Robert. a frontliner. Yeah, Ava is a frontliner. Oh, okay, sorry. There go our tanks. And attacks Bobbit with a rotting the fist. Uh, quick and... question on the attack. Please, uh, before you roll that, do the mummies count as uh, undead? They do indeed. Well, in that case, I would very much like you to uh, make a DC 15 wisdom save. For both of them? On any, on well, pretty much on your attack, for whoever's attacking me. Yep, well, that was a three, so it fails. Hello. Yes, so thanks to Bobbitt's, uh, I should probably introduce you to Bobbitt's patron ability since I finally remembered that I had this, uh, called Among the Dead. You have advantage on saving throws against any disease. If an undead targets you directly with an attack or harmful spell, that creature must make a DC 15 wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature must choose a new target or forfeit attacking uh, targeting someone instead of you, potentially wasting the attack or spell. Do you either go hit someone else or... Basically yep. waste your turn. It then turns around and makes a rotting hand attack, a rotting fist attack at Sir Lucian, and it rolls a nine. So even paralyzed, it is unable to pierce his armor. It is going to say that'd be a really, be a real fun thing of like everyone else just watching this zombie thing go to hit Bob and then just stop and go elsewhere. It is now mm. Narthal's turn. He looks around the tiny tomb he found himself in and determines that he is trapped and begins banging on the wall with his axe to no avail. It is now Bulb's turn. Oh, fuck. Uh, A perception check to see if I can hear anything coming down the hall would be an action, wouldn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. And... 
I actually can't see any of the enemies. Well, you would hear you would hear Bobbit fighting with one. No, yeah, but um, my spells need line of sight. Yeah, well, you can move here uh, next to Ava. Oh, the two, party you can, token. Yeah, you can both. Oh, yeah, where the party token is. Yeah, you can go there. Um, and you can both um, share the same square. These are five foot squares. Okay, well, I'll go behind Ava. Yep. And a mummy would be immune to poison, so I'm going to produce flame and throw it. Lovely. Go ahead and yep. roll to hit mummy number one. Ugh. Or mummy, uh, yeah, mummy one. Or two, whichever one. You can see both of them. Mummy one. God damn. Uh, five plus twelve. That's a hit. Roll for damage. Oh. And double okay. it oh, because they are on. vulnerable to fire. Oh, fuck yes. Uh, and... Yay. And, 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 wait, wait, produce flame when I get to level five. Does goes up damage. to 2d8. 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 So 2d8 and it's double. Double it. Uh, that is 20 damage. Uh, 21, because I add Ooh, the yes. one from my staff. Uh, does that get doubled as well? Uh, that does, actually, that does two, so 22 will uh, 22. 22. Your flame hits the mummy, singeing away some of its gores. It continues walking towards walking towards the party, now aflame. It is now Ava's turn. I hit it. You go up next to Bobby. <laughs> I'll Very cast well. um, Zephyr Strike. First as a bonus action. Actually, yep. wait. Wait, wait, wait. I will Um Sorry. <laughs> All good. I'm just looking it's... at uh, I'm looking at something. I think I just figured out how to get Narthal out as well. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, um... Uh, as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Hunter's Mark. On Mummy 1? Yep. Yep, very well. Um... You still have your two normal attacks? Yes, I do. Um, I have advantage on... Oh, no, advantage on wisdom and perception. Or wisdom, survival and wisdom perception. Yep. Anyway, um, and now I'll hit it. All right, go ahead, roll to <laughs> yeah. hit. Okie dokie. All right, that's a 19 plus 8. That is a hit. Roll for damage. Okay, so <laughs> we have... Uh, nine. Yep, nine. And then... Damage from it being a favoured foe. Wait, I've got the... Uh, D4 from psychic damage, which was four. Yep. And then, uh, what is it, another D6. Yep, for your favoured foe. Well, for Hunter's Mark. Yeah, Hunter's Mark, yep. Oh, that was a one. It's better than nothing, though. 
And you still have your second normal attack? I do, I still have my second attack, and um, this is every attack, so not once per turn. Yep. Nice. So, uh, 14 plus 8. That's a hit, roll for damage. Uh, six. Six. Six points of damage. Not bad. You hear some of its bones shatter underneath the gauze. And I don't get the psychic damage again. I get another D6, You do get the Hunter's Mark damage, though. Yeah, which was a six. Six. Not bad. It is Veska's turn. She steps forwards and fires. Actually, she casts Blur on herself. Oh. And then Yay! she runs past Mummy 1, which gets an attack of opportunity against her, and it misses. She runs around and attacks Mummy number 2 with her short sword. She hits oh. it and deals 7 points of damage. Well, there you go. It is Sir Lucian's turn. He is paralyzed. It is now Bobbit's turn. Okay. Um, Bobbit's basically just going to take out a gun and try and, you know, House of the Dead style, aim for the head. Yep, go ahead. Roll to uh, hit. Plus eight, uh, 23. 23, that's a hit. Roll for damage. I did D10, not D8. Uh, where's my D10 at? Alright. It's going to be 12 points of damage. Raise your gun. Bang! And the mummy flies over, the mummy falls over backwards, its arms flailing. Yay, headshot. <laughs> it is headshot. now, uh, it is now the mummy's turn again. Mummy 2 oh, moves no. away from Veska, drawing attack of opportunity. Unfortunately, she only rolls a 6 and can't hit it. Moves up into the doorway and makes a rotting fist attack against Ava. That is a 17, so that's a hit. Ava, you are taking 11 points of bludgeoning damage, plus 10 points of necrotic damage, so 21 altogether. Whoa. And you must now make a DC 12 con save. This bad. I got a 13 plus 3. Ah, so you do not contract mummy rot. You are fine. It right, then how much damage did I play? Sorry, 21? Yeah, you needed to get 12 and you got well above No, that. I said how much oh, damage? Oh, damage 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It then uses dreadful glare on Bulb. Bulb, please make a wisdom save. A wisdom save? That one might be one that I can do. Uh... Well, that's a 17 plus 7, so that's yep. 24. The dreadful <clears throat> glare does not frighten you, and you remain steadfast. Okay. It is now your turn, Bulb. Actually, well, it's Narthal's turn, but he's still banging on the inside of that tomb, so it's your turn, Bulb. <sighs> I produce flame and try to hit the mummy. All right, go ahead. Roll to hit the mummy. Uh, that's an 18 plus 7, so 25. That's a hit. Roll your damage. Double it. <laughs> that was two eights, so that's... So that's 16 plus 2, so that's 18 points of damage altogether. 
just like the mummy no, before. No, that's yep. doubled, isn't it? So it's 1632. Oh, yeah. That's 34 oh, damage. Yeah. Okay, you fire, your fire hits the mummy and you watch as the flames overtake it and it slowly is burnt down until nothing more than rags and ash remain. Neat. So it's just us now. Combat appears to be over, and as the <sighs> second mummy hits the ground, there's a rumbling coming from the westernmost wall, and then the walls themselves open up, allowing Narthal to leave the tomb and rejoin um, you. Kick him in the nuts. <laughs> I guess Bob just walks up and just punches him in the leg. It's like... Stop messing with magic things. I think this session's definitely going. Uh, not session. This dungeon's definitely going to be two parts. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, oh, about, that, was, that, that was always without. Yeah, yeah, that was always. Two, yeah, it was always going to be two parts. I'll go ahead and make an insight uh, check, please, all of you. Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen. Um, um, that's yep. a eight. That's an eight. Uh, See, also 19. Seeing the two sarcophaguses on the other side of... Sarcophagi on the other side of Thank the you. wall. You realise who these mummies were. They were the necromancers who were forced to preserve the past Xanathars and then Aww. killed. Aww. The sarcophagi... However, the two mm -hmm. sarcophagi do not appear to contain the bodies of the mummies. As you know, that those were contained within the statues. Hey. The sarcophagi appear to contain something other than the bodies of the mummies as the mummies emerged from within the statues. So what do the sarcophagi contain? Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's... let's uh, in for a penny, in for a Pound. fucking pounding. Alright. Yeah. Pounding. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what we're getting thanks to people's right. decisions today. So why not? Tomb reading it is. If Narthal is still oh, here, yeah, please make it. an athletics check to open the sarcophagus. That is a 16. 16. You reach over and you hear the sound of scraping stone as you lift the lid off both of the sarcophagi. Now, I would like someone to roll two d20s and add them together, please. Um, I'll roll one that. and someone else can roll one. I'll roll add a them. second. Yep. <laughs> All right. This is going to be either really awesome or we're all going to die. There is got, no in-between. got 16. I got 10. 16. So 36. 26. 36. Okay. 26. Inside the sarcophagi... 26, sorry. 26. Inside the sarcophagi, you find two things... You find two things of note. In the first sarcophagi, there is a small white wand seemingly made out of bone and in the other oh. sarcophagi there is a an aged leather pouch that contains potions and scrolls mm. oh, wants to look at the wand well okay so bulb can do an arcana check on the other on the pouch or you could do one on the wand i'll do an arcana on the pouch Plus five, that's an 18. So you have found, Bulb, a, wi a wand uh, of magic missiles. 
Son of a bitch. I got a 17. Okay, so I'll just go through both of those. The Wand of Magic Missiles is an uncommon item. It has seven charges. While holding it, you can use an action to expend one or more of its charges to cast a Magic Missile spell from it. For one charge, you cast the first level version of the spell. You can increase the spell slot level by one for each additional charge you expend. The Wand regains 1d6 plus 1 expended charges daily at dawn. And if you spend the wand's large cha large charge, it will crumble into ashes on a roll of one on a d20. <clears throat> the second, the pouch, however, contains several items that uh, may be of use. Contains, first of all, a. Uh, let me just roll for these. So inside, there are two scrolls and two potion bottles. And Bulb, you identify these as... I'm just going to roll for them, and I will roll to get a proper one. So the two scrolls are... Sorry, Spock's trying to get my attention. That's okay. He's a good bird. So, the two scrolls are... Spell level three to four. Okay, the first one is a spell of Dominate Beast. A scroll of Dominate Beast, a fourth level scroll. Hmm. The okay. second is a scroll of Aura of Vitality. Ooh. Oh, that one... Maybe good for Bob. Can I use Aura it of Vitality? Is, uh, it is a Paladin spell, apparently. Paladin. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. But you could attempt to use it. Healing energy radiates from you in an Aura with a 30-foot radius until the spell ends. The Aura moves with you, centered on you. You can use a bonus action to cause one creature in the Aura, including you, to regain 2d6 hit points. Additionally, the two potions are... Let me roll for them as well. Ooh, these will be quite interesting. You will be happy for these. Oh. The first one is a potion of fire breath. <coughs> After drinking this potion, you could use a bonus action to exhale fire at a target within 30 feet of you. The target must make a DC 13 deck save, taking 4d6 damage on a failed save. Or half as much damage on a successful one. The second potion is a potion of resistance. Upon drinking it, you may select an element, and while the potion is in effect, well, while the potion is in effect, which is one hour, you gain resistance to the chosen element. Oh, my headphones. I've got to go. All right, see ya. Yeah, see ya. Have a fun day at work. See ya. Well, um... Before I go, uh, there's a there's another statue with a gem in it, isn't it? Well, that was just to the other tomb. Oh, to, well, I want to pull that gem out as well. Oh Did yeah, go ahead, up. roll an uh, athletics uh, check. No, we already we already opened both of them. Yeah, no, he can still pull the he can still pull the gem That's out. That's seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, yeah, well. you end up with both of these exquisitely carved gems, which should be able to fetch a price of around two hundred gold each, depending on oh. what seller you find. 
Neat. God and damn. Also, also, Dale, I have sent you my character sheet as well. Thank, thank you. Well, I'm wrapping up now anyway, so... Okay. Yeah. There you deal. guys have fun. So, okay, well... I'm ahead. not fussed who gets what. Bobbit has already tucked the, the wand, wand of magic, magic missile stuff. into her holster, into her, into her belt. Okay, the scrolls and potions. Who's interested in those? Feel like we should give the element resist the resistance to either Ava or Sir Lucian. I guess Ava can take it. She yeah. moves because yeah. Ava moves around a lot during combat. Yeah, so. yeah, so yeah. Right. Ava. Yeah, Ava's our strike force. The yeah, other two are so there. Yeah. She's our strike force. May as well give her the potion of fire breathing as well. Oh, that'd be great. the dragon. Yeah, <laughs> if you can move again. around, get a good angle on the enemies, and then breathe fire on them. them. That sounds metal as fuck. Do it. And then the scrolls. The, and then the I scrolls. Guess. I suppose Bulb could take both of them. Uh, so, sorry. What, what am I? So you're getting a potion of fire breathing and a potion yep. of resistance. Okay. I'm just writing it down. Say maybe give the scroll of aura healing, like, aura vitality, to, to possibly Narthal, because he would have less chance of ruining the scroll. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you, true. You'll true. Give it over to him. And you'll keep the Dominate Beast spell for yourself? Yes. Which yeah, is a spell level like above move. what you have. Okay. Yeah. And with that, you have actually clean you have actually cleansed this room and made it safe to take a short rest in. Hmm. Oh. I can heal without having to use fucking spells. Yes. That would be uh, awesome. Please do uh, that. <laughs> And so, okay. as we Please. end today's session, part one of the Xanathar's Lair Dungeon Crawl, you may all take a short rest. Uh, 34. Right. 34 out of 38. Don't so that's okay. my headphones. Let me heal, Spock. <laughs> and I made a mistake today. I didn't take locate oh. object. Yeah, you could have used it to find the Stone of Galore. Shit. Well, that's... I wasn't sure if we could use it anyway because... You need to have some familiarity with the object. Yeah, and well, we haven't have, actually seen it before. You have we haven't seen, seen it. it before. Remember, remember, there was the chase. You were chasing the drow with it. Oh, God Oh, wait, damn no, it. that was yeah. the eye. Sorry, no, you yeah, haven't. Yeah, that was, that was the, the eye. eye. No, Sorry. we haven't seen it. Yeah. So, we have not seen this thing. Yeah. You only know its name. Oh, cool, okay. I'm back up to just about full. Yep. So Lucian is up to just about full. And... Um, I can't find my D10. We'll see how Ava goes, and Liam could do his short rest at the start next week's session. Someone roll me a d10. <laughs> d10, okay, right. I'll roll one. Yeah, I've got a seven. Okay. Got an eight. Oh, there you go, seven for you, kitty. <laughs> oh, I rolled an eight, but that works too. Yeah, he said it first, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're lost. Uh, we don't add our con to our... No, you don't when you're doing no, short not rest. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. that's fine. Tragically, no. I'm just making sure. Um, so yeah, I use two hit dice and I'm up to 34 out of 38. I'll take that. And I've only used two spells. Yep. So as you so go about, as you go about divvying up the, uh, items that belonged to the unfortunate necromancers, pull out some Almost. of your rations and make a meager meal, spending the next 10 minutes just resting in this hall of past Xanathars, treating your wounds... As you, as you deal with the prospect of setting 
out once again into the dungeon, knowing that you have barely scratched the surface. And Yo. thus ends this week's session. Thank you everyone for joining. We hope you enjoyed what uh, went on today. And we Ooh. hope you tune in next week for part two of Into Xanathar's Lair. Will our party find the, zo the Stone of Galore? Will they run afoul of Xanathar? Will they meet something Again. even worse? They've done pretty well so far, but it could all go wrong in a single dice roll. Stop it. Mm -hmm. Be sure to <laughs> check. Be sure to uh, check us out on Patreon. Links in the video description and share and subscribe if you have not already once again thank you for joining us today and until next week uh when you see a laughing cartwheeling deep gnome you make sure you hide quick fast <laughs> uh, before we before we uh, go off the air just take a quick uh, split second to uh, thank our patreon hey, uh, thank our Blue-collar well, so. Blue gaming, otherwise known as BCG. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon, BCG. And we look forward to talking to you and hearing your thoughts on the on the events of today's session. And so, until next time, uh, once again, if you see that deep gnome, make sure you hide because he did not look very safe.